Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip, that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 103. Big news Wednesday for the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, my man, your man, the number one fan man, none other than Ben the Law Watson. Big news Wednesdays. Episode 103, just like my weight class for my first three years in high school. Ooh. I ain't weighing that anymore. Yeah. My left testicle weighs 103 pounds right now, Brandon. I also think that was your SAT score, too. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been. All right. So, anyway, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 103, and we are right ready to talk about week two, D1 college wrestling, just wrestling in general. So, so pumped to talk about it. But first, let's take care of that funky business. Take care of that little business. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got a Twitter. Ooh. It's the Inside Trip one. Brandon runs it. We got a Facebook page. I run it too. The Inside Trip. We got an Instagram. The Inside Trip. You can send us an email. It's the Inside Trip one at gmail.com. And for the podcast itself, you know where to find us, people. All your favorite podcast locations Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Google Play, The Podbean, Lick It, and everything else out there in between. Ha! <laughs> I forgot something. We, forgot we got something, some rates right? and reviews if you oh. want to leave some rates and reviews. Oh, by the way, yeah, so. We got a couple. We did. We'll get to them in just a second. Okay. Rates and reviews. We love them. I, we don't care if they're bad reviews, bad rates, that we do prefer the good ones. So yeah. if you would like to, go out there, find our podcast, subscribe to it, download it every week, give it that listen, go out and give us a rate and review. Rates and reviews are huge to my ego. Oh, they are. You them. love them. You love them. Well, we got two. And, and Sean Andrews, as I keep shouting him out, that son of a bitch somehow keeps he didn't give us. He, he didn't give us another no, one. No, but he, but he did tweet that he had three-star review was coming. We talked about and that I loved last week. It. Oh, did we talk about that last week? Yeah. Shit. See, he keeps on sneaking on the podcast. Damn it, Sean. And um, we did get a couple new rates and uh, a new review that indicates that they liked our silliness, right? But that we, we're a little bit of a uh, Midwest and East Coast bias. So right? I saw that one. Did we add another one too? That was it. No. That oh, was that was it. it. Okay, okay. We got two rates though. Gotcha. All right. Uh, mid Midwest, East Coast bias. So the way I look at the Midwest is basically everything, oh, Iowa, Oklahoma State, um, just basically everything east of Utah. Right. Is that fair enough? Yeah. I'll absolutely. call that the Midwest. East of Utah. Right. So I guess we're not giving Utah Valley enough love. Which they'd actually deserve. Well, I, no, we've actually talked about Utah I, I know quite extensively. I'm just saying that's what I consider the Midwest. Right. You know what the Midwest is? Young and restless. They might snatch a necklace. They might jack your Lexus. Does anybody know who Kanye West is? <laughs> <laughs> he was in Dayton. He was in Dayton recently. Why is it that? Well, Kanye's music's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, have you seen his new album he just dropped? No. It's the Sunday service stuff. Oh, is it any good? 
It's good. It's different. It's kind of gospel Yeah. But it's good. Well, we got to it, see it's, it. it's basically a lot of what he did here in Dayton. Right. We got to see the, Sunday uh, service live. Absolutely. That 100%. Really he does cool, it every man. week. That was really good. Yeah, but we got to. It was cool. It was cool. And I appreciate You know what? We never really talked about that, obviously. Uh, for people to listen to us, you know, you guys probably know we're from Dayton, Ohio. And um, without getting into too much of uh, too much of it, we had a, we had it's a been rough, a hell of a year. We had a rough summer. We had uh, significant tornadoes. And I'm not just talking about one or two. I think we had 17 in one night. They um, said that there were. 21 tornadoes that touched down within a three-mile radius yeah. all at the same time. It destroyed um, a significant amount of areas right by my house, actually. Um, and then right after that happened, a couple weeks after that happened, we had that mass shooting. Um, in no, the after that, District. we had the, uh, the the KKK rally. The KKK rally, yeah. And then the mass shooting. So the Dayton, Dayton Ohio. This, right this, next to the bar that I work at. Right next to it. You know, it, it's funny. We've, it's a small little town. Um, I mean, it's definitely it's, – it's, it's metropolitan – ish in terms of what i mean like it's you know it's a million people in the area so it's not like tiny town but it's certainly not new york city or anything like that it's a and uh we went through a hell of a lot this summer so um it, you know it makes you realize what's important um and uh wrestling is definitely one of those things and everybody that listens to this podcast is definitely one of those things so sorry to get off on that tangent but i just i, I don't know if we talked about it we now interrupt your regularly scheduled po- broadcast of a podcast for hug time i'm gonna hug ben yeah Hugs. <laughs> All right, so but you know what? We got some wrestling to talk about. What did we just leave off at? Rating reviews. Anyway, we got this review. You were t- you were reading this review? Go ahead. You love this review. Well, no, I mean it's Midwest about, East Coast bias. But he was just basically. I think the guy was indicating that we didn't talk enough about Oklahoma State. You know what? I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't. In a way, he's right, and this is a yeah. I'm not no one's fault other than ourselves. We have a tendency. One look. We're based in Ohio. Um, we're not an Ohio State podcast, but it is the marquee team in our beloved state of Ohio. So we do spend a lot of time talking about them because, one, um, they're an extremely good team, a, a great program. And, two, they're in the news all the time anyway right. because of the, how successful sure. they've been. And I uh, like them. And we do. that. We, we, we root for them. We follow them. Right. Um, but I think, aside from that, we do have a habit of talking a lot about Big Ten wrestling. Um, and I think sometimes we miss some opportunities to talk about some of those other top teams from other conferences. But as much as I do appreciate that rate in that review, and I do believe there's a little bit of truth in it, we actually have talked about Oklahoma State a lot over the years. We even, I mean, uh, last year we talked about them extensively. I mean, especially like Piccinini and the Gefeller situation and Dayton Fix and Bula Wallen's injury and Derek what White, the Oak hell Oak. was happening at 165. And, In fact, uh, we talked about uh, we talked about Okie State a ton last year because, remember, we were the only ones that were like, um, has a team ever been ranked this high with that much flux in their lineup? Correct. Saying that. Correct. So I feel like we do give love out there. You know what? But we appreciate the feedback, and n- not just from Oklahoma State, but maybe even more West Coast. We'll continue to look at it um, in terms of uh, our coverage. But I do think that this year could be another interesting year as well to find some time to actually extensively talk about the Oklahoma State lineup because their team is significantly looks significantly different this year than it did last year when I think they what returned eight All Americans on the team. Yeah, and I'm not sure I could name all of their starters right now. And it's uh, a huge. Wrestling Hold on, nut. Hold on. Let's let's try. So twenty five, Pitchinini. Thirty three, Reese Whitcraft just getting pulled out of red shirt. Right. Baby. So we think that it's going to be Reese Whitcraft because Cade's got a. Um, I think he tore his ACL. I think that's public. 
Uh, yeah, he did. Cade uh, suffered a, a, an ACL injury, Which sucks because had he surgery. One hundred percent. It is his senior year. He was He'll going back us. down to thirty three. Um, they don't know right now whether or not he's going to come back and wrestle this year. They were holding out hope. At least that's what John Smith had kind of said. Yeah. Um, John Smith's not going to divulge the real. He gonna you know, get the a real news. If, they, if they're pulling Reese Whitcraft, but they're not going to wrestle. Well, pulling Reese Whitcraft was the smart thing to go- do, Ben. Right. Tell you why? Because you have a log jam at the lightweights, and if Dayton Fix is taking that red shirt this year, you got to fill it with somebody. Fill it. One of the long jams. you know. And then next year, when Fix comes back, let what craft red shirt. Right, and and Brock will probably finish out at maybe forty one or something. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then at forty one this year, Caden Gefeller making the drop bound to, back down to his right. natural weight. You got Boo, Boo. the Wall. I'm back from injury. One fifty seven. Who is the fifty seven? That's what I mean. I don't know. Is it Keegan Shaw? No, I don't know. That, that's what See, I'm that's saying. the one I don't know. I know at 165, on. you've got you, the, you the highly touted uh, super recruit Travis Whitlake, who um, had a great redshirt or a great fresh uh, redshirt season last year as a freshman. Obviously, he's a redshirt freshman this year. Um, I think he's undefeated so far on the season. He doesn't really have a marquee win Sean's yet. Not even on the damn team. I, no, I thought he transferred. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's Wyatt Sheets. Is they have Sheets? Bit. Okay, yeah. so all right, so you got a weak and spot there. Yeah, I, I, you're gonna have a weak spot. You really don't know what you're gonna get with Travis Whitlake right now. Um, and Andrew Chalmers is backing him up, who's you know not a bad wrestler at all. So Whitlake struggles. Uh, seventy four. Who do they got at seventy four? Joe Smith. Okay, so you got yeah. Joe Smith at seventy four. You got Dakota Greer, the All American. Right. What did he take third last year? No, f- no third no. fourth. Um, he finished. Oh, look at this. Uh, seventh. He took seventh. Yeah. Oh God, I was way off. I know, it's dude, way it's, the fuck. Off. It's been a while. I'm sorry. Uh, Nino Bonacorsi and Zach Tavatsky, though. Yeah, it's some great wins. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know Dakota Green and Rashid Gear being a, a, a PA boy himself. Um, Ninety seven, hell of a tournament. Ninety seven. Uh, Alex Kaufman. Okay, Kaufman heavyweight. It's uh, Cornelius Putnam. Okay, so. That's what I mean. It's, I mean, it ain't, it, ain't, side, it look, ain't last year's team. It ain't your grandfather's Oklahoma State team. It's year. not. I think you're going to have a lot of you know kind of. Uh, Intrigue about them because there is a lot of question marks. They got you know you, you don't know what you're going to get from some of these guys. And the cavalry ain't coming. You know what I mean? It's not like they got some guys in red shirt they could pull. No, they don't. They've already. I mean, look, you just did that with Reese Whitcraft, right? So let's let's not get it twisted here. I put I put a, a decent not decent, but I put two or three other teams up there um, beyond Iowa and Ohio State or beyond excuse me Iowa and Penn State that I think is just as good as this team. Of course. I mean, I mean, aside from. Penn State, Iowa, and Ohio State. When you get past that, um, now you're—I would put this Oklahoma State team on par with. Are they better than Wisconsin? Maybe a Virginia Tech team. Yeah, are they better than Wisconsin? I think they—they probably got a little bit more of the heavy hammers in Virginia Tech, but. Um, Especially if they can get a nice little run, and for those lightweights to stay healthy. Look, if you've got Piccinini healthy throughout the year, you know what he can do. If Whitcraft is the w- real deal, you—that's great. Then you've got guys like Gefeller. And Lawallen right there. If Travis Whitlake is really the real deal, um, which he was a super recruit, won a lot of matches. You know, you've you've got him at sixty five, Smith at seventy four, Gear at eighty four. But you got I some question him, marks. Five all Americans. You got some question marks at you know ninety seven and heavyweight as well. Yeah, I see him with five all Americans. Like the, uh, that's a, that's a good prediction. That's a hell of a freaking year. Now, but and on top of that, they've signed number one and number two recruits in the country coming in, and Ferrari and Plot. Oh yeah, and, so, and I think I got Master G, G, Master Giovanni, Master Giovanni coming in too. Correct. So they, they do have the number one recruiting oh, class for next yeah, year. Yeah, they're going to be fine. So our fellow friend from Oklahoma State, thank you for the review. We will get to Oklahoma State a lot more this year. So that's all it um, takes is leave a review about the team you want to hear, and we'll go off on it. We'll because, go off. We'll talk because, about it because we are sensitive. 
mother effers. You so, are. You're very so, so if you tell us that we're not doing something, we're going to like overly do it and be like, oh, yeah, well, Oklahoma State this for the next 30 minutes. So if anybody wants to hear about their team, just leave a review about how the fact that we ignore them and then we'll talk about it. All right. And, look, I promise you we will definitely talk about them more throughout the season. Um, all right, Ben, so – Typically, we spend a little bit of every podcast talking about Ohio State, and the only reason is, is a couple things. One, it is the team that we root for in our home state of Ohio. Um, there's been a lot to talk about them uh, over the years, and this year is no different, except I think this year the things to talk about them are a little different, especially a lot of the things that's been happening with the program in general. Um, it starts out with a guy like Kyle Snyder leaving. We talked about that leaving the RTC. Uh, we talked about Kirk Fliet, uh then going into the transfer portal Don't after that. Don't let it that. go hit you. Let the good Lord split you with that one. Exactly. Um, you've got stuff like that going on. You've got uh, many people talking right now that the, the, the proverbial uh, walls are crumbling in the Ohio State wrestling team uh, realm. Um, but I do think this is one of those situations where, what is it, the, uh, the demise of Ohio State may be greatly exaggerated. Greatly exaggerated. Um, that doesn't go, that, that's not without saying that, yes, look, I hope all the stuff that's happened recently, I, I hope it's opened Tom Ryan's eyes and maybe even lit a fire under his ass. He admitted and I it. Think, and I think, yes, exactly, Ben. And I think that's what it's done on top of that i think that tom ryan based off of this recent interview with flow wrestling which man there was there's so much to talk about that especially if you want to read between the lines and read his body language there is so much to talk about that what a candid interview it it really was and you can tell a lot of what's happened tom ryan has taken personally personal and ben it's about it's about damn time it's about good. damn time for Tom Ryan to take the gloves off. Well, and you know what? You know it was a good interview when I get on BWI, and I even see people saying, wow, that was a good interview, instead of just mocking him. Obviously, a lot of BWI people mock Tom Ryan the same way we would mock you know, Penn State. And it's just all for love and fun and stuff like that. It, you know, but- How do I mock Penn State coaching staff. Well, we, yeah, you're right. You can't. I mean, aside from throwing a chair when David Taylor was beat uh, hand, convincingly by Jaden Cox on a skating rink. Remember when we said we had to hook Kale Sanderson up with a Waffle House waitress to bring him <laughs> down like Tiger Woods? And we can still do that. Yeah. But no, I mean, even people on BWI were like, wow, like, that's a pretty good interview. The, the bottom line was this. Is he, he, he was very honest about the Kyle Snyder situation. And he used Kyle Snyder by name. And that's right. That's fair. Because Kyle Snyder is an adult. And he said, you know what, he wasn't terribly surprised because that Kyle Snyder was looking. He was kind of shocked. At, not, I wouldn't say shocked. I don't want to misquote him, but I don't think he was ready for exactly what was going to happen. But he wasn't terribly surprised no, that quoting. it happened. And he knew, he even said, you know what, it's going to make us have to, we have to get better. We have to keep our eye on that. Where I thought um, um, it got really interesting was when, um, what, what I heard was, um, Tavell was the last person to find out, almost. That's shocking to me is that, like, you, you think – and I heard this on Flow, so, you know, just to give the, the shout-out to them. Um, we all thought Kyle and Terrell were boys, right? I mean, we thought Terrell was the freaking mind, the guru, right, that, that kind of got these guys m- more mentally prepared than any individuals ever. And he probably did. But for Kyle to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, Terrell, I'm actually – I'm leaving. I'm going to Nittany Lion. There was something off with that. I don't bl- – I'm not going to cast blame on – 
anybody right now, there's blame. There's blame to go around on multiple people. Is what I'm saying. There's not just one person to blame. But that's interesting to me that that that, that Travell was like the last person to find out. Did Kyle do it the, the best way he could have? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And um, and I'm not saying this because you know I'm a Buckeye fan. Um, I, I I'm always I'm still going to root for Kyle Snyder. Um, oh yeah. You know I wish him well. He's not a Penn State wrestler. He is uh, a United States of America freestyle wrestler, and he decided to go train at another club so that way he could get different, add different dimensions to his game. You know we've, we've do that. Yeah, we, we've already. done. We've, we've done. already talked about this. Yeah. But what I will say, Ben, is how people think it went down and how Tom Ryan verbalized kind of how it went down for one people don't know and two i think tom ryan ryan was not telling the truth in what that interview sunshine and rainbows okay i'll tell you that much they asked i believe the question was somewhere along the lines was did it take you off guard were you surprised by this and tom ryan said no and he said he said no not really and again i'm paraphrasing here um he said you know he had already been going out to train at penn penn's got a great rtc out there okay got a great rtc with a gold medal medalist wrestler out there um at that RTC. Also wrestling. yeah or not wrestling she's ran as the coach exactly well that's the gold medal olympic yeah, wrestler exactly. i'm talking about um when he dominated uh, uh what was his name all right. He dominated the drug test because then the guy that wanted pitch fell a piss oh, test. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Right, <laughs> but anyway, right, anyway, um, so that could be expected. Do I think that him going to the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, did that catch them off guard? No matter what Tom Ryan said in an interview, I, com- I believe wholeheartedly that it was a decision that might it was a something that might have been rumored for a couple of weeks before the decision, but it absolutely caught them off guard. Let's and talk I talk about this. Let's talk about this. You and don't I, just say like, go but, ahead, but but Finish it off. supports the fact that Travell was one of the last people to know. Right. Here's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> this isn't like a college commitment where you've got all your offers laid out, you know everything, and then you make the decision. Here, you're part of the RTC. You don't just say, "Hey, Tom." I'm leaving to go to the Nittany Ryan Wrestling Club and then then call Kale and say, hey, I'm coming. What's going on? He had a deal already made. You he did. To. He did. He was, he was behind their back talking shop, making a determination about how much money he's going to make, not just how much money, what his training situation was going to look like, where's he going to live, all of the perks that you get when you're an RTC athlete where you get paid to do all this shit. He got to go to Rudis. You told me he didn't have to go to Rudis first and say, yo, our contract's still good, right, if I leave? Confidentiality, right? But our contract's still good. He had to do all of that. Not this is speculation, but based on my my world in the business, he had to do all this shit before he could even go. And you talk can't about just that. make a decision like that when you are one of the most well known faces of United States wrestling outside of Jordan Burroughs. Okay, you're Kyle Snyder. You're the guy that was a four time finalist, three time champ. You're the guy that knocked off Gwizdowski from becoming a three time heavyweight champ. You're the first three time alive hot dog. You're the first three time heavyweight champ since uh, what's his face, Carl. Hasselrig. Hasselrig, um, you, you know, from, from a long time ago. You beat Sajulayev to secure the title for Team USA at the World Championships. Was the and it was amazing. All right, you – look, this is your life. This is your career. Now, I get it. His wife, we, t- we said this. His wife is going to med school out there. So it, there is some things that make sense. But you know what? I don't believe that he was having conversations with Ohio State 
about this, that he maybe he needed a, a different place to go train. This is what I think. I think Kyle Snyder, the last couple of years, he got pinned by July of last year. He didn't have the world tournament that he wanted to this year, and I think he's frustrated. And I think he might have been looking for people to blame. And maybe there was some issues going on behind the scenes at the Ohio RTC. We talked about this. There ain't shit there for people to train with him. They brought in a heavyweight. Um, who's the dude from? They brought Amar Desi in. Amar Desi's at the Ohio RTC. Right now? Yeah. He's an Ohio RTC athlete. Okay. All right, so great. You got one guy. That's right. You got one guy. I get that, Ben. I'm just saying, look, there is fault to play on both sides, but... Staying, Snyder went behind their back. He, he, he did wholeheartedly. But you know what? That's he, what you do. You do that. In business, that's what you do. I don't blame him for it. You don't go up to Tom and say, hey, I'm thinking about looking at my other uh, options. You line everything up, and then you say, I'm out. Give me that 170K or whatever Penn State gave him. So, yeah. That's just the number. And, that and we mentioned this before. Look, they dropped the ball at the Ohio RTC. Look, Ohio RTC and Ohio State by – uh, you know, by association, Tom Ryan, they were living on cloud nine back in 2012, 2016 when they had guys coming in. Look, you got the Sean Bunches coming in. You got the Escobedos coming in. Travell and, and Kyle both wrestled at the 2016 Olympics. They did. Travell wrestled for a medal. But let me tell you something. Right now, and you and I said this would come eventually. We said it would come. We said they would have to deal with this eventually. We took it for granted last year because it didn't hit us. Welcome to the Lou Roselli effect. Yeah. Welcome to the Lou Roselli effect. Lou Roselli is known as one of the greatest United States freestyle coaches in America. And I'm sorry. Just because he is a little guy does not mean that that he did not have significant impact on Travell and does not mean that he did not have an impact on Kyle Snyder when Snyder won the gold in 2016. He did. He had an amazing impact on every single person he touched that walked through that RTC. And good for him. He's building something in Oklahoma, and I'm happy for him. But what are you supposed to do? He wanted to be a head coach. And I don't blame him. Ben, I don't blame him at all. Okay? But here's the thing. Roselli was probably very instrumental in bringing all those great guys into the club back in 2012 to 2016. Okay? 100%. big time. So he leaves. So who's the the RTC head coach? Travell. Travell. That was a good deal. What have you done? But what has he done? Uh, let's let's see here. Let's give him and I'm time. not blaming Tavel. I'm putting it on Tom and, and them both. Give him what some did, time. What did you guys do? But, hey, they let it slip. They let Kyle Snyder get away. That was a big one. But right. let's see what happens. Okay, so we talked about that already. Let's get on We've to... We've got a plenty of U23 guys repping the team. We Granted do. They're not senior level guys. We do. You know, hey, you know what? They're not always going to have senior level guys. So the next question, or one of the other questions in that interview was about rumors and speculations that they're trying to bring Jaden Cox in, or have tried to bring Jaden Cox in. And Tom Ryan gave an answer that basically was like, yes, but we're going after lots of guys. And it's not because of what happened with Kyle Snyder, and it's not because of this, and it's not because of that. Tom, man, honestly, take the gloves off completely and be all about this. So yeah, if Kyle, we got, we got money freed up. Let's go. And if Kyle Snyder left, and you think that Jaden Cox is going to be the guy, if he's going ninety-seven, and you want to bring him in, bring him in. Say yes, we want to. We brought him in. But even if he's not going ninety-seven, if he's going eighty-six. Bring you, him in anyway. You, you bring in whoever you throw every dollar that Kyle Snyder was making, plus an extra thirty or whatever you can, you, whatever you can muster out of the coffers. Hell, I'm good for three hundred. Tom, call me seriously. I'll give you three hundred bucks right now. I know it's not a lot, but. 
you got to get – yeah, if you could get Jaden Cox away. Problem is, Kevin Jackson out there at the OTC. Jaden and Kevin, real close. Kevin's a great coach. Kevin's a great developer of talent. I know he wasn't the best college coach. Great developer. He's a good freestyle coach. Great developer of talent. I think that it would be a mistake for Cox to leave the OTC the way he's wrestling right now. Wouldn't be good for the United States. You can still belong to an RTC and still train at the OTC. Let's do it then. Okay. You really can. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know what? But now Ironman's gone from Missouri. He is. And and I know Jaden left Missouri too. I don't know where I'm going with that except for maybe Iowa would be a place that Jaden could go. I don't see Jaden going there, honestly. They got, you know, they've got heavyweight guys that are competing in the, you know, Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Whether it's uh, um, Bobby Telford, Sam Stolzny, um, um, Cassiope, even though he's just a freshman, they've got guys there. But I guess the point I'm trying to make, Ben, is look, Coach Ryan, it's time. Take it personal. Take off the gloves and start making some moves because there are a lot of people that think the demise of Ohio State. Is beginning to the walls are crumbling. Oh, they're falling down. You, give you me say, a break. You, you, you're telling me, dude. You, one, you think Tom Ryan doesn't take it personally? Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, he does. He's just too much of a freaking good human to come out and call people out. But but without doing that, he still did. He still did in that interview. We can talk about what he said about Kirk. Later. Take take it away. Yeah, but but what but but what I guess the last thing is, if you think the walls are crumbling, baby. Well, you know who's going to hold them walls up? Anthony Etchemendia, because I tell you what, they just landed a huge recruit who is a freestyle wizard who, if we can, if you can keep him around, he's going to be a dude. Ben, I don't think the walls are falling down on Ohio State wrestling. I mean, look, look at who they have on this team. They've got a lot of young guys and a lot of guys that are still going to be coming up. And look they're going to they just built. Look at that damn Cavelli Center. 100%. Exactly. The, the Cavelli complex. Center is the equivalent to wrestling to football of the the freaking locker room that they showed for LSU. Right. You know, freaking first class airplane seats there at every locker room. What the, what? Right. what? I I'm telling you. Yeah, and the Jennings wrestling complex, I mean, they got they got the best wrestling complex and the, to me the best area to wrestle to have duels of anybody in the country. So, if people are thinking like you said, you know, the 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 uh the, the demise of Ohio State's been greatly exaggerated. So let's let's take let's all take a deep breath about that. It will take more than just a great wrestling facility, though, to bring people in. You know, there are people out there, kids out there, wrestlers out there that want great training partners as well. And you have that in the Ohio State Buckeye college wrestling team room. You really do. Let's figure out what they need to do to build the RTC back up. And it's honestly, it's not going to be just from past Ohio State wrestlers. Go out there, go after the guys. Go after uh, Jaden Cox. Hell, you know what they should have done You know, a year ago? They should have gone after Don Bradley when he chose Nebraska. Yeah, because you know who else they lost? They lost McKenna. They did lose McKenna. You know, he went now, to Penn. Now, that was a, it, was a, it was more than just a wrestling decision. And Completely. I can't blame him. But you know what I'm saying? It's not, we're, not keeping the, uh, we're not keeping everybody around. The, I think what's beyond the Kyle Snyder thing, I think what the most interesting part of the interview was, was the Greg Kirkley issue where I think this one really pissed Ryan off and he did take personally he took that supremely personally he, rightfully so the question was so the question was asked by Christian Piles um kind of like and again I don't know exactly what it was but talk to me about he basically was like talking about what happened with the Kirkley situation and then he'd never mentioned Greg Kirkley but he said we're looking to recruit guys that don't always at they're not me guys they don't ask what can you do for me what can you do for me it's it's what can um what can uh what can you do for the team bro we're 20 minutes in this podcast and 
this full bottle of fine red wine I brought, we, there's like two fingers left. Well, you can have the rest of it. <laughs> but anyways, what they said was, the question was, what can, what can these guys do for what the team? What can Brown do for you? Right. What can these guys do for the team? Granted, yeah, you know what can – the question always is going to be a little bit about, hey, what, what can you provide the athletes, especially at the senior level? But what he basically said was Kirkwood without, – without lying. He's a me guy. He said Kirkwood's a me guy. He's a me Kirkwood guy. only cares about himself, and um, he, he doesn't really give a shit anymore. I'm not that he doesn't give a shit, but he's like, whatever. He's like, I'm not going to keep a guy around who only cares about himself, who doesn't get a – remember, did you hear what he said? We're recruiting guys that – excuse me. He said we recruit guys that have, that have good personalities that get along with a team that, that people like. So he's saying that's the people that he wants around after when the question was what happened with Kirkwood. You got you to gotta transpose that into Kirkwood was not a guy that got along with people. Kirkwood was a me guy. Kirkwood wasn't about the team at all. And I believe that to be true then. I, I do think it's true, Ben. I, and, and I do think that Kirkwood is a very, very well-traveled, well-coached, seasoned wrestler who even though he is just a freshman in college right now um, – he is old enough to understand some of these things. He's 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 not your typical kid committing to a college at 14 years old as a freshman and then backing out of that verbal. This is a guy that basically flipped on three well, yeah, he flipped commitments. On three, schools. three commitments. Now, speaking of Kirk Fliet, and we're just going to get off on this for just a second and then we'll get back to a little bit more Ohio State and then we'll get on to some other stuff. Kirk Fliet's gone and that's fine. He's gone. Um, rumors have been that he's, there's, he's been seen at the Minnesota Wrestling Room, and I find that, that ain't very. A rumor. I mean, there was a picture of. Him. Okay, so, okay, so Kirk has been back in the Minnesota Wrestling Room, the team who he originally committed to the first time. But that's where he's from. Well, yeah. My guess is he went home, and that's the best place for him to train. You think so? Yeah, he, he, there's no there's no way that he's going to go to Minnesota if, if uh, Gable's still there. So, you're a guy, unsigned. Hasn't declared a college, and you're training in the Minnesota wrestling room when you could very easily go to the RTC and train. Okay. Now, I get it. You're back home from there, okay? So, it, you could also, being a guy who's unsigned, it was well speculated that he was going to go to Penn State. You can go train at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club if that's where you're going to go. That would be more. That would make more sense. Okay. So, my question is, and may, maybe we're getting into some conspiracy theories here and whatnot. Oh, that's, that's my favorite Okay. Kirk Villette's in Minnesota. He's training in the Minnesota wrestling room. Gable Stevenson, his legal issues are are well known, well talked about. Still suspended from the team. If it comes out, he's on the roster now. He's on. He was. He's always been on the roster. Okay. He's always been on the roster. He's suspended. And he, you know what? Let's add a little bit more to that. Not only is he suspended, he's suspended, and this is a an athlete who was arrested, released. Charges would have never been filed, never been filed, even though there's an ongoing investigation, never been filed, no charges. But the Minnesota team has still maintained that they have suspended him from the team. So if Kirk Fliette does come out and announce that he's choosing to go to Minnesota, can we read a little bit into that about Gable and his situation? Yes. Yeah, if he signs with Minnesota, then yeah, you can. But until he does, I don't think you can read anything into it. The other gentleman Not who with was that wrestled attitude. with Gable, <laughs> the other gentleman who was wrestled with Gable, just wrestled for Minnesota. So I mean, why is Gable still suspended? I, I don't know. So we don't know. We don't know. We don't know at all. We do know that Minnesota's had its fair share of uh, tough 
issues that they've had to deal with. Remember the J-Rob situation with the Xanax? Of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not it's, – it's, the administration – what I'm saying is the administration probably has some – they probably got a tightrope over that team right now. And they're not going to let anybody wrestle until everything's clear. Then but why is the other guy clear, that was a part of that same situation – they've – because maybe he, because maybe the facts are more supportive to him. Well, obviously the facts are more supportive to him. They ha- they have to be, right? I mean, the facts of the situation are the fact. That uh, no, let's keep the facts. L- l- let's just focus on the facts as we know them. Okay, both They're kids, both, both kids arrested, both kids brought in, no charges. Both kids released, no charges. Both kids still in the school, uh, you know. Enrolled in the school. Both kids still listed on the wrestling team's roster. One kid is wrestling. One kid remains suspended. Right. There's not. We don't have enough information. We don't. But decision. those are the facts, right? All, yeah. But it's all speculation at this point. And I get. The, I get what you're saying. But yes, if 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 Kirkfleet signs with Minnesota, then then we could start to. Wonder. You can definitely read into that situation. Yeah, but but I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Uh, back to Ohio State. Um, well, they just signed somebody. They signed a huge recruit. It, ben, Ben, this is this is huge. Just not on the collegiate team, but also for the RTC. Talk, tell us about him. Absolutely, Anthony Etchemendia. At Anthony Etchemendia. Uh, if, if people don't know his story, and and I don't know it greatly, but um, you know, well, Brandon, I don't know. Do you know? I mean, I know we know he's from let's, Cuba. Let's just do a quick Talks summary here. Okay, here's yeah. a kid. Uh, from Cuba, and I'm going to call him a kid because regardless of what all the uh, trolls on the internet say, um, as of now, we're led to believe he's 18. high school last year. Yeah, we were led to believe he's 18, 19 years old. He's not 26, like a lot of, lot, lot of people are saying, 24, 26. Um, born and raised in Cuba, was a six-time, I believe, Cuban national champ at the cadet and junior level, right? That's right. Okay, um, which, which is quite the accomplishment because Cuba has quite the freestyle program. Yeah, especially those weights. Okay. Um, he then defected, and there is a whole story on him that he actually talked about and wrote about on the process that it took for how he got out of Cuba and how he went into Central America and how, what it took for him to get to kind of make his way um, – to be, for, for all intents and purposes, um, how he to get was, asylum, get asylum by basically sneaking into the country. Right. Okay, and that's fine. Ma- props to you. I'm glad you are because your life is going to be so much better. So he's in Arizona. He's at Sunnyside High School in Arizona, which is uh, one of the best high school wrestling programs in Arizona and at times in the country as well. Um, a lot of great wrestlers have come from there. I believe he won a state title um, there at, what, 145 pounds? 152 pounds. Right. Um, he then makes the drop to 145. He goes out to Fargo this past Nobody summer. Nobody knows who this dude is. And he puts on an absolute show. I believe he was a double champ. I believe he won Greco and freestyle. Yes. Okay, he and he, if, he was beating dudes in freestyle. Nobody knew who, knew who Anthony Etchemendia no. was. All they knew was that he was a one-time state champ from Arizona. And he goes out, and I think in like the second round, he whips a, like a um, – um, it wasn't a pound for pound by a guy, but a guy that was ranked Huge really recruit. highly in the finals. Right. I mean, look well, in, in the, the finals, he beat Victor Voinovich. Yeah, Victor Voinovich, who is one of my favorite Ohio State or Ohio best wrestlers. lefty I see in high school. Oh, dude, great, great kid from Brexville. Um, he's been on the scene for a while. Just an amazing wrestler. Not only does he beat him, he dominates him. He beats him ten to four. In addition to that, he beats at who's number one. One of the best recruits in the country, Ben. Uh, Josh Saunders. Josh Saunders. Cornell recruit. All right, this is a kid Being that— Being 10-0 in three minutes and 36 seconds. Now, granted, it was freestyle. Well, so is 
So it's Fargo. Right. But what I'm saying is, you know, but he he tacked him in three minutes. But Josh Saunders is, is freestyle savvy. Right. Josh oh, Saunders, Josh, yeah. multiple-time state champ, Ironman champ, maybe twice if I'm not mistaken. Cornell recruit. They're expecting big things out of him at Cornell. Yeah, and Etchemendia, put it this way, Etchemendia disposed of Saunders and um, and uh, uh, Voinovich within uh, like a month and a half period of time, and both of those guys are big board uh, level guys. They're ranked pound for pound top in the country. Absolutely. So, Etchemendia being new to the country, new to the process, he doesn't understand how all this works. In fact, he didn't even think he was going to be able to go to college. He, yeah, he was. He said, I'm going to join the WCAT program, which yep. is the Army... Um, world Athlete, World Class Athlete Program. Right. Which was awesome. We Jennifer were all like, Jennifer yeah, one of our favorite represent people. The, yeah. yeah, represent the country and go out there and uh, probably be a representative for us on the senior level at some point, potentially. But he continued to get, to get advice and some good advice that, no, you have a chance to wrestle in college. You can do this. There's things we can work with you. So he goes out. He takes a visit. He, I'm assuming a visit to Iowa State. Says, wow, this is great. Think about what he's used to in Cuba. He goes and looks right. at his first college. Iowa State, a great, historically phenomenal wrestling program. He, saw his, he probably saw his first Midwest titty. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. he's used to them. He's used to them Arizona's titties, which ain't bad titties. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Ben, stop. But he saw the Midwest titty. Ben, Ben, we this is a women's podcast too. Stop. I mean, but you're right. Sure, a lot of the women but saw the right. Midwest titty too. Okay, so anyway. Um, imagine how blown away this kid must have been. I, wait a minute. He's like, I wait. I get a chance. Not to not only go to college to wrestle for this program, you're talking to Kevin Dresser, you're talking to Brent Metcalf, you're talking to uh, 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 God. Who's the other guy out there? Not Zadig. Anyway, we forgot. Um, oh, uh, um, Saint John. Saint John. Yeah. So he commits. He verbals. He commits, but he can't sign he a national a letter of intent. Baggage. He finds a financial signs a financial aid, you know, a, a p- paper. So the rumors are. And then we see the t- we see the tweets, we see the, the the social media posts. Yeah, I've committed to Iowa State. Kevin Dresser runs with this because they knew he couldn't sign just yet. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then maybe he but got who wouldn't run with that? Who would? No, because you know. I'm not blaming. I'm sorry. Them. You know, if you're if you're a good coach and you've been around for a while, you see this kid and you're like, this kid's something special. They knew it. He was beating the hell out of kids that were special. And honestly. And Ben, I hate to say this. I really, really do hate to say this. Had this been a kid that had got to wrestle in high school and at Fargo and maybe even on cadet and junior world teams for a few more years, this is a kid that could have been even ranked higher than Carson Karchula coming out this year. Oh, absolutely. He would have been the number one pound for pound wrestler. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But let's just say he got some. Better advice, and they said, "Wait a minute! You don't have to commit after seeing your first your first visit. Take your some first looks. Midwest. Your first Midwest. There's lots of Midwest teams out there. Yeah, Oklahoma State being one of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so he does. He goes on his visits. Imagine what went through this kid's mind when he gets to Ohio State and sees the new Jennings Wrestling Center. Oh yeah, meets with Tom Ryan. Oh. I think that the thing is, Tom Ryan is very infectious as an individual, and Tom Ryan is very faith based." And this is what this one hundred percent. And Anthony Echemendia for for all of the social media that you follow, very faith based, right? And for the people that kind of bag on Tom Ryan sometimes about this, uh, how faith based he is, and I get it. Like sometimes it can be overwhelming. 
this is one of the few situations where I would say it probably is sincere. Tom Ryan is absolutely sincere. Yes, considering. Do you realize he was not faith based at all until until his 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 son his, son, his exactly. young son passed. That's away. why I said that. Yeah, ben. Tom Ryan even indicates, I didn't even want to go into no, that. No, Tom Ryan indicates that he he wasn't he didn't go to church. Like he wasn't saying that he was an atheist or anything of that stretch of the imagination. He took it for but, granted. But yeah, he took it for granted. He did. They didn't go to church. That that um, God wasn't a significant part of their life. Um, his son Teague um, passed away. Yeah, his son Teague passed away, and um, and, and he threw himself to God and. Um, from then, he's become a significantly faith-based individual. And Anthony Echemendia, I, I never brought it up because I didn't want to – this sounds terrible – jinx it or anything like that. But I was like, Ohio State's got a chance because Tom Ryan is so faith-based, and I think that's what Anthony Echemendia is looking for. That's a good point. And look well, what happened. Let's not even say looking for, Ben. What, what people fail to realize, what kind of support system does Anthony Echemendia have here in the United States? I get it. He has some people that care deeply about him. And I don't know. But his family is in Cuba. His mom, his dad, his grandma, they're in Cuba. Is that right? Didn't he just, didn't we see a video where uh, it said that, you know, his parents went to all of his wrestling in Cuba. Um, oh, that's right. And, and yeah. he was he was like FaceTiming them or something yeah. after. He, yeah. I mean, dude, this he needs a solid support cast. And maybe even. And if you want a family, Ohio Maybe even to go. a father figure type person in his life. Right. I don't know. We're getting a little deep here. No, you're exactly right. But either way, it goes. I think that's one of the reasons why, Brandon. This if is not. He could have just committed to Ohio State or Iowa, and it would have been, or Arizona State, and it would have been easy. I mean, if I'm looking for a father figure, I don't know if Brands is like high up on that list. I love <laughs> yeah. Brands. I love yeah. Brands. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, I think it's a fair point. <laughs> I think. I think. I think that's a fair point. I think that that look, Tom Ryan as a person was able to attract him for it, and. I think that it's going to make Tom Ryan a better person. I think it's going to make Anthony Echemendia a better person. And you know what? It's going to also make the Ohio State Buckeye wrestling team a better person because they got a huge recruit who is going to be eligible to wrestle second semester of this year. And that brings me into the next question, unless you want to continue to dive into it, is what does it do for the Buckeyes this year? Let's say that he's eligible. For, for all intents and purposes, from what we've heard, he's, going to, he's already graduated from high school. As long as he's been accepted to the school, and he goes. If he's been accepted and he he'll can He'll be able to in, wrestle. Yeah, he'll be able to wrestle second semester. Could you wrestle him right away? The, unfor- the unfortunate thing about starting second semester is you lose the chance to wrestle in one of the best opens. Actually, he could still wrestle in the Midlands if he's invited. He absolutely could wrestle so, in the Midlands. Uh, see, this is the thing, Ben. Like, Etchemindia, we all know how great he is at the international style. I don't know how great his mat game is. And in high school... That doesn't mean that much, but at the college level, it does. It can. Okay, it, it, it can play a huge difference. Now, you're looking at a weight class of 157 pounds that... Is that what, you're th- is that what we're thinking? I guess we didn't even talk about that. Well, he's not going 49. Right, so 41 is Luke Pletcher. He's not going he's not 41. 41. Dude, he wrestled 52 in high school, 45 at Fargo. He's not going 41. The dude looks huge. Right. I don't know how tall he is. Okay. So let's say he can't make 41. <laughs> he ain't a shortest Pletch dog. <laughs> no. I'm he's sorry. Not, he's not as short as Pletcher. In 49, Sasso's going to be the man. He is the man. Right. So, so And who? what's our weakest spot right now to those weights? Right now, Elijah Cleary is, is starting. Right. Okay. Keyshawn. You got Keyshawn. Probably the guy. And you also got Jaden Maddox, who, by the way, was the number one recruit yeah, but he's, a few years his, ago. His, a couple his, years ago. Look, the fact, that, the fact that Elijah Cleary is starting over Maddox right now is very telling. What? What? I agree. So, so let's get back to Etchemendia. If he's if he's big enough to go fifty seven, do you wrestle him right away? And the reason why I say yes is because 
nowadays, you got to wrestle these mofos as soon as you can. Because with this damn transfer portal shit going on, you never know how long that's you're going to have point. the guy. Honestly, Ben, you the, got, hey, when you got him, uh, when you got him on campus, when you got him locked up, you put him in the lineup, even if, even if he only weighs 153 pounds right now. You put him in the damn lineup and figure it out if he's the best guy. That's what they did with Heinzelman last year. So we've heard the reports. We've heard the reports from Flo. We've heard the reports from other coaches that they've seen this guy in these rooms of college rooms, RTC rooms, OTC rooms, things like that, absolutely putting it on senior-level athletes. Right. If this is a kid that is in that room holding his own, to where his body, where he's so good on his feet, and he's not getting ridden that much. Right, where he can get out. Where he can get out. Get, a stand okay, get out. Let, let's say he's in that room and he's Micah Jordan. I, I, I'll compare, you know, Micah Jordan. Okay, he's great on his feet. He's doing great. Micah Jordan made the finals last year. Made the finals. Um, and he's head and shoulders better than the two guys that you got competing for that spot. You start him as soon as you have the chance to. One hundred percent. You don't know how long you're gonna have. You don't. You don't know how long you're going to have him. And we've talked this talked about this in the past. Look, careers are never guaranteed. Look, injuries happen in wrestling. Look so, at Sean Hayes, unfortunately. I look at there's tons of people you can look at. So if you have a chance to wrestle and you have a chance to get on that podium or maybe even win the whole thing, dude, wrestle. Yeah, we don't know. We're, we don't. The we next don't, year's not guaranteed. Yeah, we don't know what we have right now. We've got a shiny new toy, and I don't mean that disrespectful because he's a human being. But you got the shiny new toy, and hell, maybe he's the dude. I don't know. I tell you one thing, I'm happier that he's going to be a Buckeye than anywhere else. I, Tom Ryan, Travell, don't stop now. Ride this momentum, keep it going, and look. If you got a chance to get a guy like Jaden Cox, I don't care whether it's because Jaden Cox says he wants to go 97 and you want to prove Kyle Snyder wrong, do it. I, I don't care what the reasoning is. Even, even if Jaden Cox is going 86 kilograms, which I hope he is, um, do it. Bring him in. Because it's things like that that are going to attract other people. And you've got to continue to work and grind and bring these guys in. Just You've got to ride this momentum, man. You have to. So, so big ups to uh, Ohio State for landing at Jamandia. Um, very excited about that. What, go ahead. No, I'm, no. I was just, I was just gonna say that you know, let's finish up with Ohio State so we can get to some other stuff. But they did have a they did have a duel to open the Cavelli Center this weekend against Stanford, and I thought that there were some ups and downs. Uh, we don't got to go weight by weight, but one, what did you think of the Cavelli Center? I thought that it looked pretty. I, I watched it on TV. I thought it looked pretty cool. I think it's a pretty damn good place to have a duel meet. Honestly, man, look, the new Ohio State facilities, even though the Cavelli Center, uh, what, what's it, uh, seat like four or 5,000? I'd say about probably like 4,000. 4, okay, so 4,000. Um, all in all, that entire facility is phenomenal. We are very fortunate. Ohio State is very fortunate. The wrestlers there are very fortunate. Um, there's not a lot about what happened in that duel that I'm super excited about, but there's one thing, and I know there's some things you might be excited about, but what I am very excited about, and I think does deserve a lot of talk. Three weeks ago, everybody thought that Jordan Decatur was going to be the 133-pound starter for Ohio State. Right. He went out. He won the wrestle off. All right? But yet, what we've seen is that Quinn Kenner, redshirt freshman, fantastic recruit out of the state of New Jersey, has cut his way down to 133. Yeah, he dropped down. He wrestled off at 41. Wrestled off at 41, and he's looking good. In fact, he gave Mickey Phillippe... A great match. He 
was leading it in the third Le- period. Yes, and we're going to get to see a rematch this Friday when Ohio State battles Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think Philippi will beat him worse. I, Ben, I think this is fantastic for Ohio State because this allows you to redshirt Jordan Decatur, and you have a guy who is every bit as good in the collegiate folk style. And, and folk style as Decatur and a guy like Quinn Kenner. People forget, and I think Quinn Kenner was so overlooked in these great recruiting classes. He was a phenomenal recruit in high school. What was he, like one of the top guys was, at 138 pounds? He yeah, was 138 pounds. And, and he might have been the number one recruit at 138. I think he, yeah, I think he was ranked in the 30s in terms of like... Overall. Yeah, which is great. Like and a, like the top, really guy, top guy at 138. Yeah. Um, well, did you hear that... Uh, Jacob De- or Jordan Decatur missed weight at, for 33 at Ohio Intercollegiate. I'm not surprised. He missed weight at the 133, so he ain't going 25. No, he's not. And anybody that said Tom he Ryan was or that he should, he's not going 25. No, he missed weight at 133. We saw him wrestle last year at, what, 132 in high school? Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was gassed at times. Yeah. No, he's not going 20, 25. No, I'm, I'm excited about Quinn Kenner, but... You know, I think there was a couple matches that are really awesome to talk about. One, Lou Pletcher versus Real Woods. Or Real Woods, excuse me. That was a fun match. Real Woods kind of announced himself as a player in, in 141 pounds. He battled. <laughs> what, you don't think so? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Look, Real Woods. He didn't announce himself as a player. Real Woods has always been a player, and that's not why I'm laughing. That's not why I'm laughing. Let the, let me tell you why He's I'm right laughing. 15th right now. Yeah, let me let me tell you why I'm last, laughing. Look, they wanted Real Woods to get his red shirt pulled last year because what did he do at the scuffle last year? I think he, he had a hell of a scuffle, right? He had a really good scuffle. Him and Shane Griffith both, him and they Shane were hoping Griffith it was going to Camacho. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Camacho different different school, but yeah, a lot of the red shirt guys. People. Luke Pletcher won in overtime against Real Woods, and it was an extremely crazy scramble for the winning takedown. But looks, I'm going to tell you guys right this: a three to one sudden victory, vic- sudden victory for Luke Pletcher is as dominating as a win you're going to find as other guys that major dudes eight to two. That's what Luke Pletcher does. The truth is, yeah, Luke Pletcher was in on a decent amount of shots, couldn't finish them. That's why I thought that was impressive. The fact Luke that- got in on his double leg. Remember last year he started getting on that open double? On yes, people? yes. He got in on an open double, Real stopped it. So but, Real got some good defense. He got in on that low single, timed it up well in the overtime. What I was going with is not that just Real announced himself. We know Real's good. But how about Lukey Pletcher fucking nutting up and scrambling it out of that position and winning that? Exciting match. That scramble oh, was phenomenal. Exciting match. That scramble was phenomenal. And, Ben, maybe I'm wrong. But if somebody would have told me that you, there was going to be such a high-level scramble as that was between Rayal Woods and Luke Pletcher, I would have said, well, Rayal Woods is going to come out right. on top. And that's the thing. People, Yes, thank you. Go ahead. Go Luke ahead. Luke Pletcher. So Luke got – the guy got in on a single leg – Real got in on a single leg on his right leg, which is interesting because, I mean, that's not where – most right leg leads hit a single to the other side. Got in on it, almost finished. Luke was able to keep his balance – up and get a whizzer, and so to the point where Luke turned his hips, and realized I'm getting taken down. So he did the last thing he could do. He did a little Pennsylvania dive roll, He's the funk PA. roll, right? The funk yeah. roll. He funk rolled him. He dived it over, and then even after that, Real Woods was yanking on his leg, trying to um, put him in a danger position. And then that's Luke was able to get his knee under yes. him and elevate. That was just. But, Expert level technique from a funk position for a little for a small guy like that. 
amazing to see him scramble that well. That was the most impressive thing to me was the fact that Luke Pletcher was going up against such a high-level wrestler, a wrestler who is great in scrambling in his own right, and he was able to do all that. But to avoid the danger situation, I thought that not only was very, very technical, but also showed his savvy. wrestling acumen, yep, savvy. his IQ. Yes, hey, he's a senior. This is his fourth year, and you could tell it there. I never get worried about when Luke Pletcher goes into overtime. No, I, and that's why I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, this guy took Luke Pletcher to overtime. Look, Lukey is going to win 4-3, to 3-2, three, three to two, or in sudden victory, a lot of matches. What do you think about Shane Griffith? That dude is an animal. You know, you tweeted something out yeah, from our which, I got Twitter some handle. On that. And... It was basically, I'm just going to paraphrase here, Ben. It was that Shane Griffith reminded you of a young Jason Nolf. And he did. And when and I, I'll, I'll defend it. And, and that's right. And I, and I want you to. When I first saw that, the first thing that crossed my mind was, what? Dude, that's, come on, Ben. You've been drinking. Put At least put your name behind that opinion. You know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But let's just, wrestling style aside, let's stop and think about this. Yeah. Okay. Jason Knopf, three-time PA champ, maybe took second or third in the other one. Yeah, he okay. lost to, who did he lose to? The dude that wrestled for Maryland. What was his name? They pinned him that one time. The big thrower. Deal? Deal, yeah. Deal. Last, um, last loss. Was that? Okay. Um, Shane Griffith, four-time New Jersey finals, three-time champ. Right. Okay. Um, uh, Knopf, lots of accolades in the offseason. Shane Griffith, lots of accolades in the offseason. Um, when you look at their red shirt careers it is very the red shirt you know when they redshirt at his freshman it is very very similar that's what i'm saying dive into that well look jason nolf had an amazing redshirt year everybody knew that when jason nolf was going to be a starter the next year he was going to be phenomenal why do i say that because look he went out to the scuffle and he had a dominating scuffle beating Brian Realbuto, who was an NCAA right. finalist at the scuffle, beating Tommy Gant, who was the number two seed at the NCAA tournament and an All-American year, at the scuffle before falling to James Green, post-grad James Green. Can scuffle? No, no. James no, Green was James still with Green. Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, before falling to James Green, seven to four. In the scuffle finals. See, we, this is sounding very familiar yeah, to me. We knew he was going to be good. When you look at, I mean, that his only loss in his redshirt freshman year, and this is Nolf, people, was a 7-4 to four loss to James Green. So let's go to Shane Griffith's redshirt freshman year, a season that he went 24-2 and two on. Here's a guy, and look, I get it. We all look for moral victories with close losses, but I, if you had actually watched the match, it was more of a moral victory. Shane Griffith. Goes out to the Southern Scuffle, okay? What's he do? He's got, he dominates Jesse Delvecchia. Jesse Delvecchia is ranked, what, seventh at number 157 right now from Ryder? I think he's about, what, top seven, top eight? Dominates him. Beats him seven to two. That's a fantastic win. He then, you know, he eventually faces off against um, Vincenzo Joseph, narrowly loses six to four in a kind of a controversial match. He took him down. He did take him down. Um, On top of that, he had some other decent wins throughout the year. Freaking pounded Andrew Fogarty from North Dakota State, who, by the way, is in the top, what, 10 at 157 this year? Right. Okay, from North Dakota State, he'd be a a, a solid Selden uh, Selden Wright. 
you know, last year, he's got good wins. Guys, from after I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. Ben's on to something. Right. But not, talk to not, me, not apples to apples. Talk to me about the wrestling style, though. But what, yeah, what I was saying is, and, and I agree with you because I, I kind of knew a little bit about that as well. Yeah, we knew I know they, you did. We, we knew they both had really good redshirt years. But what I'm talking about from wrestling style is I'm talking about the, just the smothering aspect. Nolf just smothered his opponents. Didn't let him breathe. Always had his hands on him and just constantly scored in whatever way he wanted to. It's funny you say that about smothering, though. Who's the one guy that has come out and said that he always dreaded wrestling Nolf because you never had a chance to breathe? Imar. 100%. Yeah. Nolf was smothering. And when I tweeted that, I was watching, um, I was watching Griffith just smother Caleb Romero or Ethan Smith. Sorry, Ethan Smith. Ethan Smith, a guy who won matches at the NCAA tournament last year. I know he's not up there in the you know an All American top fifty round. recruit coming out of high school. Right. He smothered him. Now Ethan Smith did get it on a shot that Griffith was able to defend, but it was smothering the entire time. Great hand fighting and. With the quickness with which he ended the match when he got that takedown. It was takedown, boom, locked up a cradle and pulled him over. Just pulled him. Just bullied him over and pinned him. It reminded me of Nolf. It, it reminded me of Jason Nolf. Just a, a takedown, boom, lock something up, pull him over, pin him whenever I want to type style. And the smothering style and the abruptness with which he ended that match reminded me of Nolf. So I tweeted it out. Did and you know what? Apparently you can't compare anybody to Jason Nolf or else Penn State – People are going to get pissed off because we got some tweets on that like, well, he was good, but didn't remind me of Nolf. Okay, I'm not saying he's going to be Jason Nolf. No, All I'm saying agreed, is that yeah. he, yep. his style reminded me a little bit about it. I mean, look, honestly, if you're just looking at uh, results and stats, you know, you take out what has to be uh, just a uh, 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 an exception uh, to – to Shane Griffith's results, you know, he, he had a 3-1 to one loss to Ryan Niven from Grandview um, at the Reno Tournament of Champions. Look, that's 3-1. to one. You take that out. Other than that, his only loss last year is 6-4 to four against Vincenzo Joseph, two-time NCAA champ, three-time finalist, um, in, in a match in which he taken them down. You go to Nolf's redshirt year, his only loss was a 7-4 to four loss to James Green. James Green never made the finals. He never was a national champion, was a phenomenal wrestler um, in his own right. Uh, was he a four-time All-American? Yeah, four-time, four-time All-American. All-American. You know, these guys, their their high school accolades, their their redshirt year, you know, success is very, very, very similar. right? And then you, what you just said there with the smothering, because that's what Jason Knopf did. Jason Knopf, Jason Knopf scored on his attacks. Jason Knopf was also known more for scoring off your attacks aside from hitting all these made-up matrix moves. Um, I'm Ben, when I first saw that tweet, I was like, come on, really? But you know what? I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Yeah, there's some similarities. I'm not saying that Shane Griffith's going to have the same career that Jason Knopf's going to have. He's not, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? Because Jason Knopf went to Penn State with great coaching, who has a history of developing wrestlers, and uh, Shane Griffith went to Stanford, who has failed to develop wrestlers, even high, r- highly ranked recruited wrestlers that have committed there. And I'm sorry, that's where the comparison will end. I'm not saying Griffith won't be successful. He's going to be very successful. He's going to be an, he's going to be on that podium. He may even be a national champ one day. But that is the that's kind of the uh, uh, the, the difference of the difference uh, between, between the, the two. two. Because if Shane Griffith went to a program that was known for developing 
not just wrestlers, but even high-level, highly-ranked recruits, such as Penn State has done, then they would have similar careers. The jury's still out for me, baby. I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm telling you, I wouldn't be shocked if Shane Griffith won the 165 pound weight class. This year? Yeah, and we know what's in that weight. I mean, look, you— It wouldn't shock me. I mean, the top That's four crazy, or five right? guys— the top. The top six in that weight guys in that weight are phenomenal. Yeah, so uh, that's what, uh, all I'm saying is that I, I, I'm highly impressed with Shane Griffith, and not just from the the match with uh, Ethan Smith. Yeah, Ben. So look, at the end of the day, like when I was first when I first saw that tweet, and I was like, yeah, Ben's been freaking sitting back drinking Canadian Club. I was actually it's late at the I night. I was actually super sick all um, weekend. I think I was hyped up on some Nyquil. But you know what? I think you. It, it is a fair comparison. Thank you. And Thank you, Brandon. people just need to look into things a little bit more. We're not saying Shane Griffith is going to have the career, like you said earlier, that Jason Nolf did. So We're not saying that. Bit but it's like he reminds you of a little bit of a young Jason Nolf, and I do think that's a fair comparison. And people, if you don't realize this, Shane Griffith was a super recruit Burton out Catholic of high school. Kid, dude. New Jersey, single-class state tournament, one of the toughest wrestling states in all of the United States, four-time finalist, three-time champ. But, Ben, I'll tell you, when it's all said and done, the big difference is that Shane Griffith went out to Stanford, and I'm not going to fault him for that because Stanford is an amazing education. You've got a chance to go, go. But we have not seen Stanford develop kids as that should be, like they should be developed in the last, I, get it. I don't know how many years. That's going to be the difference maker. I get it. I get it. I'll tell you what, another really impressive person here. And, and it's funny because he's ranked number one in the country. It was Colin Moore. And he's on your fantasy team. <laughs> he is. For two years in a row. He dismantled Nathan Traxford. A week after we talked about the fact that him and Jacob Woodley went into overtime, he takes a similar guy and he he puts – he takes him out to the woodshed. He did what he wanted with him. He looked so dynamic on his feet scoring from so many different positions. Not only did they hit that little duck double action, um, I forget what Fretwell called it, but he called it like a touch single type thing. Very similar in just terms of getting a guy to fall into your lap. Then he was hitting that. He was hitting low shot stuff. He was hitting other, um, I think he hit a, a, a trip of some sort. Colin Moore, number one ranked wrestler in the country, just beat the hell out of a round of 12 guy. I mean, I know he wasn't an All-American, but... This is the best I've ever seen Colin Moore look. What you thinking, hot dog? So, okay. For one, I don't disagree with you. And I think that the most important thing to to really focus on in this match is not who he was wrestling, even though he was wrestling a very, very formidable opponent. Um, It's how Colin Moore looked in that match and the, the diversity... Of his attacks, right. because Very that's dynamic. what we, yeah, the dynamic, uh, you know, how how dynamic his attacks were. Because honestly, people, let's look at Kyle Moore's career. Freshman year, not a single ounce of pressure on him. He is in a tough weight class. You got uh, one of the best wrestlers in the United States, one of the best wrestlers in the world, Jaden Cox in that weight class. Well, you remember that match? We were there live for that. Bad yeah. Boy. On top of that. Oh. You know, the number two guy at that weight class was a guy from Minnesota. Every, you Excellent. know, Far, uh, Brett Far. Excellent wrestler. You know, an amazing wrestler in his own right, collegiate wrestler. And then you got Colin Moore. Colin Moore, look, we, we, we said this. 
not a very heralded recruit, a one-time state champ from a very small school in Ohio. He he, he, he ends up at Ohio State. Um, you know, he wasn't even very well established, you know, outside of folk style. Tom Ryan talks him into sticking around Ohio State. There it is, baby. And training. And now you see a guy who made a junior world team. Meddled. Meddled. Was getting confidence. Meddled U23s. But his freshman season, Colin Moore wrestled like there was, like he had n- nothing oh, to I prove. What you were saying. He had nothing to prove. Team is before you know, he was a freshman. Yeah, you know, he, had, he was wrestling like there wasn't, you know, there was no pressure on him. He had nothing to lose. He's just going out there. He almost beat Jaden Cox in a duel. His his he offense, Brett Farr. his he it beat is. Brett Farr at the Big Ten Finals. His offense that year was so dynamic. I mean, you saw just anything and everything. Trip from action he had. Yeah, that trip that single. Drag trip. Yeah, the drag trip single. Yeah. That's what he almost beat uh, Cox with. Oh, how slick's that, Colin? You got to start hitting that sucker. You know, ultimately his freshman year. He loses in the semis to Far. Okay. Yeah. All right. He takes third place. Pin and hot. Pin and hot. Hot, who was a national finalist. Yeah. Okay. The next year, now he is the man. Cox graduates. Far graduates. That's a huge demand. I would not say that, but we'll let you have your moment. He's the man the next year. And you know what? I would say that for the first time in Colin Moore's life, he was carrying pressure of being the man on the wrestling mat. He admitted it in our podcast. He did. And you didn't see an off, a dynamic offense from him. You saw a guy that was very tentative. He was wrestling not to lose, not wrestling to win. He was gassing okay? a little bit, he which was. pressure can do to you. And not he, a weight He cut. was battling was, injuries as well. Yeah. Okay? You're right. He, yeah, he, he overtrained. He hasn't been healthy for a while. Correct. I think this year he's finally healthy again. So that year... <laughs> Look, it's known. He goes into the NCAA tournament, top seed, number one guy, undefeated going into the NCAA tournament. Ugh. No, minus the loss to Kassar. He had a loss to yeah, Kassar, right? Kassar. Yeah. Um, yeah, good catch. And then he gets beat twice by Kyle Connell to take fourth at the NCAA tournament. Okay? Not a great year for him. Then last year he comes out. I wish out. I didn't have a great year and took fourth at the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, last year he comes out. Bo Nickel jumps up. Colin Moore is arguably uh, really the best guy, the best, the, the number two guy at that weight class outside of Bo Nickel. He lost two matches all year, lost to Bo Nickel both times. Um, How do you fault that? Can't I, fault that. You, you can't fault that, but still, Ben, this is where I'm going to, even in matches against opponents other than Bo Nickel, we didn't see freshman year Colin Moore. Right, we were all kind of waiting. You know. We were all kind of waiting. I, I saw freshman year Colin Moore against Nathan Trask. Do you remember, didn't, didn't Colin Moore, remember when everybody thought that Darmstadt yeah. was going to be the man? But that was his sophomore year. It was his sophomore year. He beat him sophomore year. Yeah. And he beat the sh- shit out of Shakur Rashid his sophomore year, too. He did. I, he, just, he had a bad matchup against Kyle Connell. He really you know? did. He, he, he really did. But he whipped the, him these last two years, we still really didn't see him open up and be that guy that was wrestling with... Without abandon, you know, just with, without a worry in the world, like he did his freshman year. We didn't see it the last two years, and Ben, I think, I think what, what you were most impressed about this weekend. I'm going to put words in your mouth. Was when he went up against Nathan Traxler, who Nathan Traxler was a, a top ten ranked guy all last year, round of twelve guy, right? Uh, uh, who was a big time recruit, PA kid, right? Is he a PA kid? Yeah, I think. No, I don't think he's a PA, t- PA kid. I think he's from uh, Illinois. I don't know, Merriman. I have no clue. I'll look it up. But anyway. 
<laughs> we saw the Colin Moore from his freshman year. Yeah, and, and he looked really impressive. So I just I I feel like it, it, we're gonna we're gonna be on Colin Moore watch all year, right? Especially with when he's gonna go into overtime one or two more times. He might even drop a match, but I just hope that you know I I hope he gets it done. I hope he gets it done. You know, speaking of, I think now's a really good time. By to the way, Traxler, Illinois guy, Merriman Academy. Yeah, you know more than I, I looked do. it up. I just said yeah. Speaking of um, 197 pounds, I think I think um, let's jump to Penn State versus Navy real quick. And the reason why I say that is because we got to see the um, debut of Kyle Cannell um, at 197 pounds for Penn State against Jacob Koser, and it was four to three. Kyle Cannell. Uh, was in a battle the entire time. He got a reversal um, to kind of seal that seal that win. That was the reversal when he, the the Navy kid got too high, run on legs, right? right? Run on legs, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what do you what do you take of a four to three win? Remember now, Connell was out all last year with a shoulder injury, except for that one match. Transfers to Penn State. Um, he says it's for school related reasons. I have no reason to to, to disagree with him. He's actually from my wife's hometown here in Ohio, so Ashtabula. I, I like the guy. Yeah, he was an Ashtabula St. John guy or Ashtabula Lakeside guy, not St. John. Excuse me. Um, four to three. What, what do you take? What do you take of that? Um, not the debut that I'm sure a lot of Penn State fans were looking for when they've got a guy like Michael Beard waiting in the wings as a red shirt. Hmm. Yeah. I I, I do think this is a very 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 reasonable and uh, good question to ask. What do I think of that? Um, First, you mentioned Michael Beard kind of like waiting behind him or kind of nipping at his heels. First, let's understand who Michael Beard is and who Kyle Connell is, okay? Kyle Connell is hes a very good wrestler. He's a better wrestler than you and I could or the majority of America could ever wish to be. All right, Ohio State uh, champion. Ohio State champ. Uh, Division One All-American. Third place All-American, yes. okay? Um, let's talk Michael Beard for a second. Michael Beard is a red guy, shirt right now. Um, he is in red shirt. Okay. Uh, did he gray shirt last year? He gray shirted, yeah. Did he? Yeah, he gray shirted. Okay, yeah. Because, yep. Okay, yes, he did gray shirt. He did. Let's talk about Michael Beard. He is a PA guy, uh, went to Malvern Prep. We had the pleasure of watching him uh, win an Ironman title at Malvern Prep. Um, he is a guy that uh, only had seven losses in high school, over 170 wins, um, undefeated his last two years. Oh, we know he's a dude. Um, you know, he was a prep national champion. Um, here is a guy that Penn State recruited that caused PA, an endearing wrestler to PA fans to basically decide not to go to Penn State, maybe even decommit in, in Gavin Hoffman and choose Ohio State. Right. Okay. Um, wow. That's, that's, you're exactly right. Mike. Yeah. You know, Michael Beard. You know, he was a who's number one winner. Um, I'm pretty sure he was an Ironman winner as well. Um, Michael Beard is an amazing wrestler. We and know he's a dude. Yeah, he, he's the guy. He's the man. He's the guy that's getting some money right there because I'm not sure Kyle Connell's getting any money. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. He's probably getting a little bit I wouldn't money. be surprised if, he's, if he wasn't getting much money. But let's – what I think about this victory for Kyle Connell this weekend against Navy is that's – Kyle Cannell, okay? Right, and that's what I'm trying to say is that, like, everybody expects Kyle Cannell because the last time they saw him, remember he only wrestled once last year before he decided that he, or not decided, before he um, redshirted from an injury. The last, the, and it was awesome to see if it wasn't Colin Moore because it was in Cleveland where he's kind of from. 
Kyle Canelo. Last time we saw him was freaking going out huge. Well, he did, Ben. Okay, but and that's I, not who he is. Is what I'm saying. It's not who he is, but you know what? Kyle Canelo. It's not who he. No. He wasn't the third best wrestler in the country at that weight. He class wasn't all year, but he, he had great. But but Kyle Canelo, don't let. Kyle Cannell didn't luck into a third place finish, okay? Because Kyle Cannell, even though he went in with a record uh, with, you know, uh, 10, 11 losses going to in, into the NCAA tournament, um, did he beat Colin Moore first or second round at the NCAA tournament? I think he beat him in the, it might have been the quarters. Was it the quarters? No, because he didn't. Be, he didn't beat an All American. He beat him, and then he had to beat somebody else. I think. I'm pretty, look it up. Look yeah, it up. I'm, I'm pretty sure. You know, regardless, I don't. Well, anyways, you look it up because I'm going to tell you a little bit about. Kyle I can't remember when it was, but Kyle Canell. If you look at the year that he that he did All American, his last full season at Kent State, he had 11 losses. He qualified the year before and beat the hell out of a dude too. Who did he beat? Who did he beat the year before? Uh. No, in 2017, he did not qualify. He only wrestled one match. No, the year before that. In 2016? Who did he beat at the NCAAs? He had uh, Nate Roeder was his best one. He went 2-2. Two and two. He Close. beat a kid from Navy. He lost to Morgan McIntosh, beat Nate Roeder, oh. lost to Sean it Scott. Was McIntosh. He was beating McIntosh all match. And, and, and then got pinned. Yeah, McIntosh came back and pinned him. He was beating McIntosh all match. Remember you and I are looking down there. And we're like, because we knew who he was we, from like, yeah. Ohio, but we were like, Oh my God! This dude from the Asheville Lakeside's about to beat McIntosh. But let me talk to you. Even, even though Kyle Cannell went into that tournament with eleven losses, and do I believe he was the four, third best wrestler in that weight class that year? No, I think he was the third best wrestler in that weight class that, that tournament weekend. that Absolutely. weekend. But look, look at his wins that year: Shakur Rashid, Jiello, Tanner Orndorff, Pin Pat Brucky. All right, um, he had a, a, a nice. Uh, oh, he's throwing some wins out there now. Yeah, he had a win over Noah Adams, big time recruit for West Virginia. Um, he had a, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, uh, shoot. Uh, it's okay. No, it's hard to read. Josh Hokett. He beat Josh Hokett that year. All American Josh Hokett. Josh Hokett, All American last year. Um, you know, he had wins over. Um, Are you Preston- getting me pumped up about Kyle Canell again? But he beat. You look at the NCAA championships that that last that that year. Everybody. All people remember is the Colin Moore matches. Let's talk about who else did he yes. beat. Yes. Preston Weigel. All right? Well, Weigel was, Weigel was on one he leg. W- he was on one leg. Jacob, Literally on one leg. Jacob Holschlag from you and I. Oh, he, bo- he beat Holschlag Schlong? He did. He pinned him, in two, pinned him in two minutes. He beat who? Hodor? Holschlong. Hodor's Holschlag. I, I guess the point I'm making is that Kyle Cannell... When he wants to and when he's on, can go with most anyone in the country. But you're also going to see a lot of inconsistency. When you look at that year when he All-American and took third, look at some of his losses. Aaron Naples from Ohio. I don't know who that guy is. Twice. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, he lost to Holschlag earlier. Lost to Scotty Boykin. Lost to Ben Darmstadt. Lost to Sam Shiler from Buffalo. Uh, that was a medical forfeit. Um, Jackson Strigow from Michigan. Who loses to Jackson Strigow from Michigan? I, I would. I, well, you 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 would. Um, Joe Ariola. We love that name, Joe Ariola. You know from Buffalo. Ariola made around a twelve one year, I think. Corey Grieger. Or no, he didn't. Christian Brunner. Right, and Brunner's a good wrestler. Never all American. Um, he's going to be inconsistent. You're going to have ups and downs with him. Did you? Uh, yeah. And I know that took me a long time to get to that point. 
but I think and the only reason I did that was because it's very easy to get hey, cut off. Can you some bedtime brackets like Earl again? I probably could. The only reason I did that, Ben, is because I think it's very easy for people to get caught up on the fact that uh, Kyle Cannell just got hot that tournament and he beat Colin Moore twice. He's had great wins in his career, but he's very, very up and down, and he's injury prone. Do you think I don't want the best for him? Except for when he wrestles Ohio State? Right. You watched the flow documentary on him, right? He did a flow documentary. Yeah, I did. Yeah, where he talked about the fact that he attempted to commit suicide, that he struggled with mental health issues. That's tough to watch. To to realize that a young man that young, you know, when we're when we're all wondering, when people are on message boards going, "Where the hell's Kyle Cannell? Where the hell's this? Why isn't he? Why isn't he living up to his potential?" And, and you know, and and that's some of the thoughts we talk about, like, "Hey, four to three win over Navy." You know, is that really what it is? This dude is a, just a young man, just like every one of these other people are a young man who's suffered from some serious issues. And who has luckily, thank God, has been able to battle through them. I don't know where he's at. I'm, I hope, we only hope that he's in a great position. And, and i got to imagine that he is, obviously. You know, Penn State is a great place to be at. Um, and great coaching staff, great team. And I'm sure he's in a great place. But, uh, I, you know, it's a little near and dear to my heart um, to, to see a young man from Ashtabula um, doing well. And if he never All-Americans again, I don't care. I think that's an amazing feat of what he did. I just want the best for this gentleman, regardless. And, and I think what we sometimes forget is the year that he took third place at the NCAA tournament, he quit the team early in the season. He wasn't going to wrestle. Right. And he remember, he, he quit after the 2016-2017 season. 2016, because 2017 he wrestled, I think, just one match and said, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Then and he, then he came back and was like just kind of rolling happened. around. He started he, – he, uh, somebody talked him into going to an MMA jiu-jitsu. gym, jiu-jitsu gym. Right. Started rolling around. He was like, shit, I missed this. Right. And then he went back and said, I wanted to be on the team. Was this All-American? And now he's at Penn State. It, it shows you that not, there's, there's not just one path to success. There's life. not. But you, wrestling you, you, your original question is, what do I think of that? I think of it as this. Kyle Cannell on great days can place very high at the NCAA tournament. He can and win on it. not so great days, he he's going to have some head scratching matches and some losses, and he's going to be very inconsistent. I, uh, it's hard for me to root against him, and I hope he does awesome. That's all I got to say. I hope he does amazing. You brought up Penn State. Uh, I think there was a couple of the comments you wanted to make on Penn State. I know they they, they well, had I thought, their... You know, Brody Teske wrestled for the first time at 125 pounds, right? He was a, 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 one of their bigger recruits out of Iowa. I think he was like a multi-time champ, maybe a three-time champ or four-time champ out of Iowa. Maybe even more. Yeah, I think he might have been a four-time champ out of Iowa. Um, I know him and uh, what uh, Alex Thompson, Thompson, Max Thompson's brother went back and forth a lot in, in, in their days yeah. at Iowa. He redshirted last year. Um uh, had a lackluster redshirt year. Um, got tech fall by the guy from Lehigh at the scuffle, I believe. Or maybe not tech, but I know he lost to the guy from Lehigh at the scuffle. And um, comes out and, you know, I, Penn State's had some struggles at 125 since Nico Megalutis. Um, and since I, Nick Suriano left. Or, yeah, since Nick Suriano, yeah, since Nick Suriano left. And Tessie goes And out. honestly, he's probably my favorite Penn State wrestler of all time. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I gave him too much love with this Canel shit. Um and he beats a, a, a Logan a Treester from Navy 2-1 to one in a really close match. And he didn't look to me to be someone that was as podium contention at this point. 
Okay. You know. Okay. So I what I'm saying is is there a, is there a couple chinks in the armor of Penn State that's going to allow a team like Iowa to sneak in and win that title? Of course there is. This look this year's Penn State team is is fantastic, well deserving of the number one ranked team in the country. But Absolutely. you know what? This isn't the same Penn State team that we're you know used to seeing in the past four, five, six years or whatever. Um, and that's okay. But their team, as it stands now, is still the best team in the country on paper. Can a team like Iowa um, beat them, dethrone them? Of course, there's got to be a lot of things that go right their way, but absolutely. But I'll put it to you this way, Ben. Brody Teske making his first official start out of red shirt in a Penn State singlet. Yeah. All right. At... 125 pounds, which last year he wrestled the second half of the year at 133 pounds. A little bit of a weight cut, one-hour weigh-ins, all right? Just that pressure again of being your first match, probably putting a little too much weight on his shoulders. First match at Rec Hall. Yeah, so to me, this is okay. I don't – I'm not like, oh, man, this is bad. This, this match is not bad for Teske. Uh, 125, as always, is going to be a tough weight class. I mean, you got, what, the top seven guys in the country were All-Americans? Spencer Lee, Mueller, Rivera, um, Glory, uh, Rayvon Foley, Piccinini. I mean, after that, that's it, right? What is that, six, seven guys? I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but you yeah. Know, and yeah. and those, are, those are some great guys. Um, I think as the season goes on and with the coaching and the workout partners that they have there, you're going to see Teske continue to get better. You would think he would. I don't think this is a match that you look a lot into. I just don't think he's an All-American this year. And I think that, that was what a lot of a lot of Penn State fans thought that no, they're going to have a guy come in and be an All-American. No, I think that's a valid, valid statement. Yeah. I don't, and I would agree with you. And I think what I'm thinking is Penn State's got a few more chinks in the armor than what um, they normally w- would have. So let's say 25, Teske. 33, they've got a really solid wrestler, obviously, and Roman Robert Young. Nick Lee, 41, is great. 49? Potential chink. Yeah, but, I mean, it's they, hard to say a cadet Gardner or um, Verclaren. Verclaren, or maybe Will Pfeiffer. They're saying Will Pfeiffer might go down too. But either one of those three, we're, we're not penciling any one of them in to be an All American. Fifty seven. Um, they've if, got um, if Bergie's healthy, that's not a chink. I'm sorry, it's, it's not, not a chink, no. but there's not a guaranteed All American spot there. No, but I, if he is healthy and making jumps, I would expect to see him on the yeah. podium. And then they got that run with Chenzo Hall, Shakur. Um, Connell and Casar. Um, um, Casar. So, yeah, they're 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 pretty much set up pretty damn well. I think they're going to win it again. But I did. They are. They're. They've got a a few more chinks in the armor than I would expect. Well, uh, it's not just you know. I don't want to call it just chinks in the armor. Um, they have a phenomenal team with some absolute studs that are going to score a lot of points. But the way their lineup is, it allows another team or two to challenge them with a couple of things going their way, most notably Iowa. And we, we, we talked about that last week. Yeah. So there's, there's, some, there's some other things I want to talk about, and I think briefly. Oh, briefly? Ben, it's yeah. obvious that you and I can't do anything briefly because last week's podcast was like an hour and 45 minutes. We're already well over an hour in on this one. So please yeah. give me your brief topics that you want to talk about. Well, I'm sorry that I like to talk wrestling with my best bud. Oh, I love it. But anyways, did you get to catch out any of that mat on the mound? Because I thought that was awesome. Oh, I did too, but I thought it was false advertising. Why? Okay, because the mat wasn't on the mound. <laughs> it should have been mat on home plate. There should have been mat on home plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Because Mitch Moore would just be chucking dudes on that hump. Literally, it was Matt on home plate, not Matt on the mound. I know. You can't wrestle with a Matt on a mound. How cool was that setup? It, it was good, though. And honest, guys. The weather was perfect. Mid-60s over there in Blacksburg, Virginia. And it was like a dome-looking, like, or a coliseum-looking, like, setup. They, got, they had 2,900 people to watch that duel. That's yeah, awesome. That's average. That's awesome for for a Virginia Tech team. No, Ben, look, all joking aside, I think it's great. And I think seeing that stuff great early in the season is is so great for the sport. Look, go back to when we saw Oklahoma State and Iowa, right, Right, wrestling the football field? Yeah. All right, and then we had the Rutgers and Princeton it wasn't at Rutgers and Princeton wrestle, you know, on the football field as well. And now you're you're seeing this this year. This is fantastic. And we need more of this. We've got... College teams now that are having outdoor practices earlier in the season on their college campus. NC State had the wrestle-offs outside. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love seeing that stuff. Yeah. I, I love But Matt on the mound, I got, it sounds catchy, but guys, the Matt wasn't on the mound. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get that. But I thought it was really cool. Um, shout out to Mitch Moore just going big. Two minutes and 13 seconds for the fall at 100. Yeah, so who they wrestle? Pounds. They re- oh, they wrestle Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah. This I, is a good match. A team ranked good in the matchup, top 25. Guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me was because the duel was it wasn't lopsided, but like a lot of the ranked guys didn't hit. You know what I mean? Like Northwestern's ranked guys didn't hit any of the um, the Virginia Tech ranked guys. But the one match that I thought was interesting was Sebastian Rivera up at 133 pounds wrestling Colin Girardi, who is ranked number 15 for Virginia Tech. Um, is Seabass? Is that are we going to see him up at 33 this year, or do you think we're, he was just up there right now, um, kind of? You know, getting a good match. He he won, he majored the guy who's ranked fifteenth in the country at thirty three, thirteen to four. Um, but is is that something we need to monitor? Uh, right now, for me, I would say no, Ben. Um, I don't think that Sebastian Rivera, just in my opinion, is going to be at one hundred thirty three pounds for this season. Look, I think it had to do with. I I, I honestly believe that if Virginia Tech was wrestling Corbin Myers at one twenty five. Um, as opposed to Joey Prada, we would have saw Sebastian Rivera wrestle 125. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's information right. that's been out there that I just don't know about. Sebastian Rivera versus Corbin Myers would have been a fantastic match. Both guys highly ranked at 125. Um, Corbin Myers, the new player dropping down from 133, who many people think that he can do great things down there if he can Transfer hold the weight. Edinburgh, right. um, Corbin Myers is a guy that gave Mickey Phillippe a loss last year. Right. Okay, yeah. um, But we didn't see that. We saw Virginia Tech go out with Joey Prada, and therefore Northwestern wrestled Michael D'Agostino, and D'Agostino lost two to nothing. It was actually a pretty good match. Yeah, a pretty good match. So I think that because of how close this duel was, Virginia Tech won 21-18, I think this might have been a, uh, a, tact- a tactical move, a strategic yeah. move. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe I'm absolutely wrong. I truly believe that Sebastian Rivera wants another shot at Mueller and, and Spencer Lee at yeah. this weight class at 125. It would make sense for him so, to be at 25. is it something we watch? Right now, I'm not so concerned about it. If we see him wrestle another match or two at 133, then absolutely it's something to watch. He looked smaller than Colin Girardi. He I'll did. That he did. Yeah. Sebastian Rivera is a 125-pounder, Ben. He's a big 125, but he's a 125-pounder. And, and I would look at it this way. Would Sebastian Rivera have a better chance at being an NCAA champ at 125 or 133? He's beaten Spencer Lee multiple oh, times. he's not beaten Seth Gross. But he's not beaten Seth Gross. Right. Okay, so no, I don't think this is really something we have to monitor. Yeah. I yeah. think this was a coaching strategy for dual purposes. And unfortunately, uh, 
even with that, I mean, it, well, Virginia Tech's Virginia Tech team. won. They 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 won the match. Yeah, they're they're okay? a better team. I, I <clears throat> the last thought was uh, Mitch Moore. Shout out, obviously hometown kid had the best celebration of all. He freaking takes the dude down, sticks him in a um, a near leg like cross or a, uh, under leg cradle, whatever it's called, uh, bottom leg bottom leg cradle, and then he gets up and acts like he hits a home run over top. The um, you know, for the man on the mound thing, I thought that was pretty pretty neat, man. That, 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 that was a, pretty neat. That kid's a character. I will say this: if there is something that you want to watch, something that wrestling fans want to pay attention to, you need to pay attention to Yah Yah Yaya. Thomas at one forty nine for Northwestern. And here's why I say that: Thomas was a kid coming out of high school who didn't have all of the extensive accolades as a lot of guys did, but he was a kid that everybody knew his better. Best wrestling days were way ahead of him. He wrestled 141 last year as a freshman, up and down season. I don't even think he was the starter thing, was he? No, he did. He made okay. the U23 team this year. But he, this year he did. Yeah, he was U- no, a I mean, lot he made of pe- the U23 team after right. his freshman year. A lot of people, though, last year said you need to watch out for this guy at 141. I don't think 141 was the weight for him. He did make the U23 team. Um Yaya Thomas is really, really good, and now he's up at the wide open one forty nine pound weight class. I tell you what, he looked awesome against the really game Brent Moore. He did. He beat Brent Moore twelve to two major decision. Hey, this is the same hey, Brent Moore that beat him. Kevin Jack at the ACC tournament NTA qualifier. He did. Hey. Had a bad injury. Yeah. Didn't wrestle last year, but hey. he beat. He was he was the the ACC freshman of the year two years ago. Right. He he dominated. He whipped him. twelve to two. It, it was ugly. I I turned away. I, I turned away from it. It was beating him so bad. I was like, damn, man, I just watched your brother win. And obviously the Moors are from Dayton area. And um, so, you know, we we want we root for him. We root for him because they're from Dayton, Ohio, just like we are. Of course. Man, he put the he, – He did. I, I, I would like to use some language that I can't, but he messed them up. The point I'm making, though, guys, is anyone who has written off Yaya Thomas based off of what he did last year as a freshman, you need – to reconsider that because maybe it was the weight. Maybe he's making a jump. Uh, yeah, maybe not everybody's a four-time All-American. You know, maybe maybe there's people that actually are only three-time All-Americans. I wasn't a four-time All-American, yeah. and I like to think I'm successful but in that's life. What, that's what we forget, right? Oh, you know who wasn't also a four-time All-American? Luke Pletcher, Michael Jordan. I mean, there's. I'm just thinking of Buckeyes off the top of my head. Okay, there's times where guys go All-American as a freshman, and they ain't dead yet. They ain't dead. They can still be pretty good damn wrestlers. And Yaya Thomas is going to be one of them. Okay? So if people, just because Yaya Thomas didn't All-American as a freshman, guys, don't think that this dude ain't going to be somebody that's going to make some freaking noise on the um, college level. He was a U23 qual or he was our U23 rap. Um, so Yaya Thomas, and also I think he's from um, Montini. Isn't he from Montini Catholic? Ooh. I mean, he's like a. Um, I forget exactly where he's from, but he's a Chicago guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought he was a Chicago guy. Look, I mean, you're right. Not everybody is a four time All American. You know who wasn't a four time All American? This is just recency. Jason Sertis. All right, so not everybody can do it. He was a national champion as a freshman. And a third place, you know, finisher as a sophomore. All right. So your point is well taken. But people, watch out for this guy because if they're the weakest weight class in this year's. NCAA's is 149 pounds. He, oh, he's Mount Carmel. Oh, Mount Montini. Carmel, not Montini. Yeah, he's I'm a Chicago. Sorry, he's yeah, a Chicago yeah. kid. Damn but, it, I missed it up though. And, I, I thought I almost had it. Uh, you were close. I'll give you credit. But you know, 
Look, 149, and when I say weak, that's not disrespect. I mean, this is probably the first year, and I don't know how long, that this class does not have, one, a national champ, multiple national champs, or, you know, a a guy that's defined as the best guy in the weight class. It is wide open. Austin O'Connor is the number one ranked guy. I know. And And he's got a broken arm. And I would not be surprised if Yaya Thomas beat a guy like Austin O'Connor. I'm telling you. And we haven't gotten to his wrestling style, but and, and we can talk about it, but we don't got the time. But, I mean, Yaya Thomas is, is, is up there. He's game. He's game for 149 pounds, guys. You know a match that I was extremely shocked about this weekend, Ben, and that was the match between T- Taylor Venz, Nebraska, and Zahid Valencia, Holy Arizona shit. State. But, I mean, look, Holy how shit. much have we talked about Zahid Valencia? We, I, I, I think on our last podcast um, – and actually, in fact, I was listening to it. I said he was one of the best college wrestlers I've ever had the pleasure ever. to watch. We talked about the fact that we, I asked you the question, is anybody going to even come close to him? And we mentioned Vance. We did mention Vance. We mentioned Vance, but, we, but none, of us, none of us stepped out on a ledge and said that anybody's going to touch him. Well, Vance touched him. He touched him three times with three takedowns. It was eight to seven. Eight to seven. And he almost reversed him at the end for the damn win. And, and if we look, I'm not a ref. I'm not a coach anymore. Oh, I, I, the call was right, in my opinion. Uh, Go ahead. I think there's an argument there that there was nah, lost for control. Nah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm on my hip, and you're on top of me. Oh, yeah, with your arm behind my head. I, no, dude, come on. Loss of control. Send that shit into OT. I got to read you. Did, you. did you see what Chris Christian wrote? He's in our fantasy league. and you know, don't, Chris Christian. Don't I don't love to give shout out. Mr. Amazing on Twitter. He is hilarious. Oh, he's the, funny. The Mr. Amazing. But he's a nice dude. So him and I were arguing um, <laughs> whether or not, you know, because I was like, no way. I did read that. And I, was, and I was truthful. I was like, no way is it loss of control. By the, by the nature of the rule, I was like, it's not loss of control. And he says, next time you're on your hip with another man on top of you, I want you to remember you're in control. And I, I laughed so many times. So did I. I was like, he's in control still. And he's but like, he wasn't. He he's, wasn't. He's like, bad. I want you to remember that next time a man's on top of you and you're on your head. Maybe, look, without knowing <laughs> all of the great. intricate details of the rules of college wrestling, maybe I guess by definition he might have been in control, but he wasn't in control. And but I'm he sorry. Didn't, he didn't give up. a. Rever- there was not definitely not a reversal. And so, you don't give an escape in that position. So how long do you think he had his back exposed? Was oh, he in no, there was no danger. No, you no got you got to call danger. I'm and sorry, I, I, I don't know, Ben. No, dude. so let me ask you Brandon. this. Okay, Ben. No, don't do this. I'm not gonna. Don't do this. It wasn't controversial. Stop. Stop. It wasn't controversial. Do you think if it had been a guy like Mark Hall in Vince's position or Zahid in that position over Vince, no. do you think they would have called it? Nope. I disagree. Oh, I disagree. I think it's the Michael Jordan. No, it's, it's the Michael nope. Jordan effect. Nope, Zahid. Look, let's let's give Vince's due before we beat him down. You know how Zahid always shoots off the whistle right off the front, off the start. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Zahid tried to shoot off the whistle and Vince just an ankle pick, him by. and he fucking pancaked him. He pancaked him the throw by. And I'm sorry, he was ready for that bad he was, boy. Thank oh, you. Oh, I love thank it. He I was ready. That was Zahid Valencia goes into every match trying to score as many points yeah, as he can. Tiny little yeah. ankle pick that he catches. He, catches, he took yeah. that right off the whistle, and Vince was like. Uh, no, thank you, sir. He's like, I'm a he big boy. He's like, threw him by 184 pounds, son. Two pounds, two points. Yeah. That and that. So that, that tells you right there, Vince was not scared. Then after that, you know, we, we kind of get into some move, motion. It's two to nothing, and it's being four to two, four to four. And then all of a sudden, they get on their feet <laughs> and they get into this little hand fighting battle, and Vince clubs the shit out of him. Oh yeah, and hits a double on him. Give him the business. 
and scores another takedown. And that takedown right there, that is the one when I watched and I said, whoa, I would have never thought that Valencia would have got taken down with that. Right, like like Vans caught him maybe with the initial one, right? But, but yeah, but that, with that open double after that club, he was in the club there. And I tell you what, he, he was able to ride him a little bit, but he was able to get out. So that, that tells you right there, Vans is probably one of the best wrestlers on top at 184 pounds. Vans and Shakur are the two best, right? Darmstadt. And, yeah, Dar- yeah, Darmstadt too. Zahid. Zahid's not great on top. He ain't bad. He can ride. I mean, I mean he, and he did. He'd fuck you up. He, no, all right. Let me re- All right, Sorry. we're going we're gonna to add that one out. <laughs> we decided we're going to let that one ride, just like Zahid did. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but no, Vens. That's the thing. I tweeted out afterwards. I think this is a yardstick match that we're going to talk about all year. And I mean that for a couple reasons. One, anytime we talk about Zahid, before we were talking about how he was untouchable, right? And I mean, you know, we were like, hey, it's Zahid. We both picked Zahid. Who's going to beat him? Now, the yardstick is, well, hold on. He almost lost to Vens. And anytime we talk about Vens, we're going to say, who do you favor, Vens or Shakur? The first thing we're going to go to is, well, hey, Vens almost beat Zahid. So that's a yardstick match that we're going to discuss all season. Ben's really great coming out party for his junior year. After a year he did in All-American when he did the year before, great coming out party. I think he looks damn good at 184 pounds. I think Taylor Vens has, since he was a starter at Nebraska, has always looked good at 184 pounds. I mean, that's been the weight that he's wrestled since he came in, correct? Yeah, Correct. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, absolutely. Um, you know, when you look at a guy like Taylor Vens, um, let's just talk about his freshman season when he finished fourth in the country. I mean, and it, it, when it was all said and done that year, Vens had was twenty nine and nine. He took fourth in the country. Surprised a lot of people by taking fourth in the country. Um, but you look at the wins he had that year. I mean, Venn started out his season, what, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, and 0, including uh, dominating victories over Zach Zavatsky, uh, Ricky Robertson, um, Jordan Ellingwood, um, all guys who were. Didn't he have a big scuffle that year? Very, very good at, re- very, very good at that weight class. Right. Um, you, you look into it a little bit further. Um, they didn't wrestle at the scuffle that year. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, they usually. Um, I don't know where Nebraska usually wrestles, but then you go to, you know, his dual season and he starts taking some losses. You know, he obviously, you know, he's lost to guys like Abinator, guys like that. Taylor back Vins, and forth with Emory Parker. Yeah, that Taylor Vins beat Emory Parker nine to four at the Big Ten Championships that freshman year when he when he took fourth place at the NCAA's. Well, then he lost you know, to Emory Parker at NCAA's. He lost that his was only where the week Parker. Yeah, his only his only losses. At Big Ten tournament that year was when he, he lost to Abinator twice, um, and then he goes out the NCAA tournament and he loses to Chip Ness eleven to six. He loses to Emory Parker eight to one. Places fourth as a freshman. Great year. So the ne- this next year, everybody's looking at him to make jumps, and obviously it's 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 relatively wide open. You got Mymar, who everybody thought was head and shoulders above everyone else, right. and then a lot of other guys. A lot of other guys. A lot of other dudes are about the same. Yeah. So uh, when you look at his. His two losses from the NCAA championships last year, he lost to Zach Zavatsky, five to four. Okay. You can't call that a bad loss. No. Zavatsky should have been 
uh, even Max Vax is one of the best he, one-time he, All-Americans of all time. Thank you, thank you. That's what I was getting at. He His really other is. loss was Ryan Preach, who was also one of the best one-time All-Americans of all time. Thank you. I'm you glad know, both of them won. Actually, yeah, you know, he he laid it on Nick Renan, dominated Corey Hazel. I mean, he he just had a really good tournament. We know so who he is. We we know who he is. We gotta we gotta stop though and and think about Zahid. Zahid, as dominating as he has been, is not. He's not a stranger to close victories and even some struggles early season. Look at last year when he went up against Mark Hall early in the season. Worst match we've ever seen him wrestle. Right? Would you agree? Oh, he got his butt ridden out. He he did. I mean, and then you go back to. Um, the year in 2017, that was the year he took third. Well, last year he also got pinned by um, um, Daniel. That was later in the season. Yeah. What's but he got Dan Lu- Daniel Dan- Lewis. We Dan talked Lewis, about this yeah. last week. You know, but you go back to his first year when he took third, and he was like, wow. I mean, <laughs> look, his first five matches that year won all by bonus. Then he goes out. Oh, what was that? That first match after that journeyman classic, Ethan Ramos. Ramos, that was Ramos. crazy. In the he finals. beat him by one point. Yeah. Beat him by one point. Where I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" That was a looks crazy. like he's hey, uh, that was a little gassed match. out. Go you watch know, that match if you guys. It was a great can. match. You know, he wrestled um, Miles Amin at the Cliff Keen. Very, very close match that year, four to three, four to three. And Miles Amin always seemed to be one of the guys that could wrestle Zahid a little better than, than most people. Where are you going with this? You're basically saying you're not concerned about Zahid having a close match. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm really not. No, now, dude's going to win it. I think that when I watched that match, Zahid looked like a guy that was wrestling with a little bit of arrogance. Maybe I thought he looked a little small. Maybe looking past that, I don't. I don't. Not at all. Well, I think you and I are going to just agree to disagree there. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I disagree. I don't think it was some arrogance. I think he knows Venz is a dude. I think that he went out there and he... Um, he always wrestled with a little arrogance. He always wrestled with a little panache, right? That's why he always wrestled. Remember the Bo Jordan match when they had to throw the brick for the challenge to give him a lunger? I mean, he always goes out there and tries to ankle pick dudes off the whistle. He always goes out there and tries to be a little slick. Ben said, "Bro, at 184 pounds now, hot dog, big mother effer, and I'm gonna take you down three times. I'm gonna try to reverse you here at the end." Now, I think that I'm, he's still my pick. Win it all. Oh, you'd be dumb not to. Yeah, but I mean. So, no, I'm not looking that much in, in yeah, this match. Yeah, Venz is good. I think this is more of a testament of Venz's mentality, not backing down against Zahid, than anything else. That's it. All right. I think there's another match I really want to talk about. And it's going to be about as short as how long the match lasted. Did you see Dom Demas chuck Chad Red on his head? I did. Oh, my goodness. He pinned Chad Red in a minute and 13 seconds. Chad Red, two-time All-American, mm-hmm. 140, 141 pounds. Dom Demas goes out there. He tries his little duck. You know how he normally does it? Chad Red blocks it off. Dom Demas falls into an underhook. Yep. So he goes underhook, headlock, right? Not like, not like a traditional bicep right. headlock. Steps through. Dude, elevate throw. Not just like a sag throw. Elevates. Chucks him over his hip. Boom. Fall. Anything surprise you about that? Dom, No. Just, but what surprises me is that I'm not surprised. No. I'm not surprised at the fact that the dude can just pin a two-time All-American in a freaking random headlock. No. Chad Red it's needs so to be awesome. on the Ohio State team. You know why? Regular season don't matter to him. It don't matter what happened. Get him to the NCAA <laughs> tournament, I, I like he's going to get on that podium, baby. He don't care. I like that. I thought who else looked good was Isaiah White. Big win over Josh Shields, 7-1. to one. It was a one-move match. Now, it was a carry to the back. 
for six. But um, that's a really nice win by Isaiah White. He's he's elevating his game. He's saying, hey, I got something to say about this 165-pound weight class. A guy that's always been real close with Vincenzo. The only thing I'm going to say about that, Ben, is I think Isaiah White is one of those guys that 165, whether people want to believe it or not, from the top-ranked guy all the way down to Isaiah White, who's ranked 6th or 7th, it is very, very close. And Isaiah White, it's, tight. It's, tight. it's very tight. And Isaiah White is a guy that... If he if his offense could get up to his defense, oh I would not God. be surprised to see him in the finals. Oh my God! I wouldn't. If his offense was as good as his defense, he would be a freaking world champ. I, I, I would not see, be surprised to see Isaiah White merge into the finals this year. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not picking it to happen. No, but he's that good. Yeah. He's that good. All right, Ben. You said you wanted to talk about the Bill Farrow. We're our way into this podcast. How about we do this then? How about this? I read out. All of the entries from each weight class, and then you and I pick a champ, and then that's it. Dude, I heard there was a weight class at the Bill Farrell that had, like, freaking 25 NCAA champs in there or something. It's crazy. Five, six, I don't know. All right, 57 right. kilograms. Okay. Nick Seriano, Seth Gross, and I'm only going to read contenders. Seriano, Seth Gross, Nashawn Garrett, Tomasello, Darren Cruz, Corey Clark, Zane Richards, Frank Pirelli, Zach Sanders, and that's pretty much it for contenders. Okay. Uh, can Nation make fifty seven? Damn. If Nation can make fifty seven, he's my pick. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Soriano on this. Yeah. It's not a bad pick. How crazy is that? That we're like we're just like oh Corey Clark, a dude who's. A I'm not looking champ. past. No, I'm not looking past any of those. No, you said Tomasello's in there, right? Yeah, Tomasello. I would not be surprised if Tomasello put it together because he's had the most he freestyle experience over the last few years than him. He's made a national team. Where's Dayton Fix? Seth, Seth Gross. He's already qualified, so I don't think that like he's gonna enter. Sixty-five. This this Ben. This one's dirty. Jordan Oliver, Frank yep. Molinero, Dean Heil, Zahid, Jason not Ness, Zane. No, Jaden Ironman. Bryce Meredith, Joey McKenna, Matt Kalazic. Rutherford wouldn't be in it because he's already qualified. Oh, he's, he's not wrestling there? No. Okay. Bill Farrell champ is, qualifies for the Olympic team trials. So oh, so they don't there. need to get better? <laughs> Joshua Saunders. No, the dude that Andrew Mendy already beat. No, no. So those are the dudes. Read them through me again. I saw I Oliver, heard Oliver, Molinero, Heil, Ness, Ironman, Meredith, McKenna, Kalazic. Who are you who are you taking on this? Oh, J.O. Really? Yeah, as long as J.O.'s the weight cut's good, right? I mean, Molinero, I mean, he's great, but he didn't impress me a lot last year at the uh, Open. I don't, I can't pick Dean Heil or Ness. Ironman, Meredith McKenna, I mean, they're great, great wrestlers in their own right, but I think J.O.'s probably the most, I, I think he's probably the pick. And even Lezak. Not at 57 kilograms. He's up at 65. How about that? Give me Molinero. You like Molinero? I do. And it's because of this. Um, J.O., I'm concerned about the weight cut, and I'm concerned about him having a consistent place to train where he feels comfortable at. Is that UNC, right? Yeah, UNC. Okay. And uh, North Carolina, they haven't had a lot of great success lately putting guys on the national team Uh, and gals because Becca Leathers, Haley Aguello, Tony Ramos, they've struggled. Um, Jaden Ironman, I, I I really want to pick Jaden Ironman there because I really do think this kid 
um, is on a mission right now, but I'm a little concerned about all the stuff that his transitioning. So, right, you know, give, give me Molinero. Give okay. me the guy that's had a stable training position. Who finished fifth he, in the Olympics. He's been in the Olympic team. He, you know, he gave uh, Zane and, and all those guys some great matches in the past. Give me Molinero. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to justify that. 74 is crazy. There's going to be a... Imar. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's going to be an Imar. It's going to be Imar versus... Um, nope. No, quarterfinal is going to be... Imar. No, the quarterfinal is going to be Imar versus... Um, holy shit, from Virginia Tech. Mikai Lewis. Mikai Lewis? Yeah. So, Imar, Mikai Lewis, Jason Nolf, Vincenzo, Chance Marsteller, Logan Massa, Kolchiski, and Gant. And Tyler Berger. What was the last? Kolchitsky? Yeah. Oh, Nazar Kolchitsky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gant and Tyler Berger. Um, I'm going to go Imar on this one because. Yeah, me too. Um, the the only person that I think is going to uh, give him a match right now, um, I think Makai Lewis would give him a better match than Jason Nolf at this point in time in freestyle. Well, we saw Martinez Nolf recently. We did. Um, I think Martinez is a guy who. He's another guy that his ceiling in freestyle is so far away right now. So if he can. If he can beat a guy like Makai Lewis in what you would say the quarters, that, that they're saying it's potential. Potential quarters. They it yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Makai Lewis, a junior world champ in the quarters. If he beats Makai Lewis, that's going to show a lot about where Imar is at, and we've already seen where he's at because he he gave Jordan Burroughs some great matches. He beat Jordan at Final Burroughs. X. He beat Jordan Burroughs. Well, not for the spot, but I mean, he won a match. Yeah, he won him. Yeah, he beat him exactly. He beat him in a wrestling match. Was close to winning another one. Yeah, he got taken out with like twenty seconds left. Um, he was almost our rapper. Seriously. So who are you picking? Oh, Imar. Okay, great. This is this is really interesting. He was, but but that's a pretty damn cool weight class. I don't know who's gonna make the finals against him. Makai Lewis gave up two takedowns in college last year. All year. Eighty six. I'm here for Alex Derringer up at eighty six. Okay, who we got? Derringer, Miles Martin, Sammy Brooks, Nathan Jackson, Dudley, Farr, Foster, Abinader. How the hell is Abinader all of a sudden wrestling for the United States again? He's oh, not. No, he's not. He's not. Bill Farrell is in an international yeah, you're right, tournament. You're right, you're right. So I think it's going to come down between Deeringer and Miles Martin. Yeah, it's Deeringer. Okay, and, and you have to like Deeringer <laughs> I mean, in that gonna match. It's going to be a bloodbath. You have to like Deeringer in the ma- that match. I think it's going to be bad. Deeringer is pretty damn good. He's second best in the country at 79. Okay. 97. Kyle Snyder, for some reason, is wrestling. Good for him. Way to get out there and get some practice in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Kyle Sander. You need practice because you didn't win. You finished third in the Olympics, you old bag of bones. Who's going to be in his quarter? Corner, Casey Cunningham? <laughs> Jake Varner? Probably. Him, Kyvin Gadsden, Ty Walls, Hayden Zilmer, Mike Machiavelli, Kyle Derek Snyder. White. Just move on. No. Oh, Casper's going to be in it. I love Casper. I really do. I'm going Casper. Okay, I'm going to go Kyle Snyder, and I love Casper. I'm going Casper. <laughs> I'm not being a dick. It's just like <laughs> no. Okay, Kassar, Bradley, Hamida, uh, Tate Orndorff, Nick Nevels, AJ, Aiden, Nick Nevels, AJ Nevels, Kassar, right? Or Bradley, Don Bradley. I don't know who you picking. Or Hamida, um, Kassar. I'm picking Don Bradley. Awesome. I am. Just for the fact that look, Kassar won an NCAA title last year, something that Don Bradley didn't ever do, right? But Don Bradley right. has done great things on the freestyle, senior freestyle circuit, and freestyle is a different piece. Give me Don Bradley. And Don Bradley's a legit heavyweight. Hell yeah, he is. I think I'm most intrigued at Dar- uh, Darren Gray 86. That's interesting. Okay, that's all, that's all I got, brother. I ran through every freaking tab that I had open on my computer. 
and we, we ran through about two hours worth of talking. We did. It. We got to cut these short. Fuck that. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's all we got for you guys. Sorry for all the long tangents. We love talking wrestling. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you got any feedback, please send it to us. Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 103. And as always, folks, don't wind up on your back, bro.